second, raising from the depths of the ocean floor, like that memory of something stupid you did in your youth, bringing you out in a cold sweat, like that questionable takeout you had last night. We return to wreck your <laughs> shit up. Literally. We're gonna show kill you. you. <laughs> this show will give you diarrhea. <laughs> Welcome to Bros Before Prose, the prompt-based fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughter. I'm one-third of this sexy triumvirate, Rich Masters, and with me as always is Josh Sploosh Pants Henderson. That's too much math for And, and Jeff Pennington, and Jeff Pennington. <laughs> I don't want a nickname, man. Jeff Get ahead of this. Get ahead of it. Yeah. After that nickname, I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead of that. <laughs> I th- you, were, I just... you were Jizz God. Oh, okay. Damn, you got ahead of it, and I look really, what happened. I really ruined myself on that one. <laughs> you fucked up. Like, you like fucked a, up. Like a jizz demigod at best. Yep, yep. You Jerkules over Jerkules. here. Jerkules. Very good. <laughs> you like that? Why'd you hurt good. my feelings like that? Because he's a demigod. <laughs> on the live podcast. <laughs> Why'd you hurt my feelings? <laughs> um, this week, our prompts were... Fossils and mysterious signals. Ooh. Oh, I totally did prophecies. I'm not even joking. I totally phoned <laughs> this one in. Wow. You didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> no ringing the bell this week on Josh's story. It was prophecies, guys. What happened to prophecies? Did prophecy, I just make that up? You made that up. A, yeah, we've done that one before, haven't we? Yeah. I could have sworn I read Fossils and Prophecies. Mysterious Signals, because I was complaining that it was two words, remember? Yep. Oh, yeah. I thought Prophecies was two words. Like Professor Assis. <laughs> yeah, Prophecies was the one we got where the Moth Mothman prophecies came from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is sort of it. Sort of works for mine, I guess. I yeah, we'll a, make it work. A mysterious signal is a kind of, or a prophecy is a kind of a through mysterious time. signal. Yeah. A mysterious signal through time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, that, that's it. bullshit, that. but I believe it. They'll buy it. They'll buy it. <laughs> Dude, uh, this is I, what writing is. Bullshit. <laughs> I I'm going to allow it. <laughs> Judge, <laughs> Judge Reinhold. I'm going to allow. Jeff Gavel Hands Pennington. <laughs> That's I could have been Jizz God. Damn, Gavel Hands. How do you jizz with Gavel Hands? If you're a God, you can do anything, right? That's true. Mm. You're like Edward Forty Hands, right? But you have gavels on yeah. your hands. Yeah. Do you guys uh, call Edward Forty Hands something else over in England? Yeah. I know they do in Australia. What's Edward Forty Hands? It's Edward okay. Scissor Hands, but with forties for hands. They you tape forties to uh, forty ounce malt liquors to your hands, and you get to drink them all. Yeah, yeah. Both I don't of think them. we do that. I'm a big you know? fan of the fact that you described it as you get to drink them all, <laughs> yeah, not you, you get have to. to drink them all. <laughs> and then if you have, you need a really good friend to help you piss, because how are you gonna do that? Uh, yeah, I don't think we do that. <laughs> I've, what? I've never, what are you even doing over there? I've never done Edward Forty Hands myself. I have mm, done. You guys, I, I did a yard of ale once. All right, can you break that down in American, please? So, what the fuck is a yard burgers? of ale? How many burgers <laughs> is that? <laughs> it's just a really long glass. I don't know how long a yard is. Like three meters, something like that. Oh. Oh, a I yard. That helps our American No, audience. a yard is a meter. They're the same. Oh, a meter yeah, is, yeah. It, Sorry, it's three feet. 
which is a meter. Yeah, three feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> Not three meters. That would be a very long glass. I was going to say, well, fuck. Uh, I, drank, I drank an entire uh, pint once, and I only cried once. So, <laughs> Damn, it comes in pints now? I'm going to get a pint. <laughs> you already had a whole cup. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless. We did we what did were we saying about voices earlier? Oh yeah, that it's was me, Mary and Pippin. <laughs> it's me, Mary and or Pippin. I don't remember which one's which. I do. I'll never forget. Mary's the singer. Nine yeah. the wrong. <laughs> oh, I did it backwards. Yeah, yeah Pippin is Shit. the singer. Pippin's the Scottish one. Mary is the one who stabs the witch king. Mm-hmm. Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd. Is, that's is Pippin. Pippin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's Fool of a Took. Dominic Monaghan is Mary. Pippin is it's Pippin, my favorite. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's Pippin. It's He's Pippin. the better one. Cause he doesn't because like Mary's a Dingleberry, but yeah. then he makes he makes Pippin feel bad about being a Dingleberry later, and it's like, yeah. look, dude, like we all can't be like ahead of the curve here. Look, not everybody needs to dive at the evil artifact that everyone told them <laughs> yeah. not to touch. You can yeah. tell which one of the hobbits we are from this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> what hobbit are you, Rich? Are you, mm. are you Frudel Baggins? No, probably not. I'm probably the one that stays at home. <laughs> Dingleberry Baggins. Good luck, good luck having, a, having an adventure, guys. I'm just going to sit and smoke my Rip. Rich is the one who wants to fuck that pumpkin. You know the guy who wants oh, to fuck yeah. that pumpkin. <laughs> but replace pumpkin with chimney. Yeah. I got a lot of chimney to get through. That was the same guy that was trying to get all up in uh, Samwise's yeah. crush. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Way to go, Rich, you fucker. I mean, you got to take your chances. He just puts he, he a blonde wig anything. on that. <laughs> he puts a blonde wig on that pumpkin and goes, <laughs> you know, goes down. What's her name? Sally. Sarah. No. The pumpkin. Uh. <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember Fuck her name. Samwise's wife. Oh, her name is. Uh, I'm not Molly? looking it up. I'm not looking no. it up. No. <laughs> God damn it. Son of a bitch. It's Rosie. It's like. Ro- it is Rosie. Rosie. Holy fuck. Rosie Rose- Cotton. Rosie of Rosie the Golden Cotton. Ale. Rosie of the Golden Ale. Yeah, Rosie Cotton. <laughs> Bob Maiden of My Hot Pants Dreams. That's his like, <laughs> poem he says, right? <laughs> Again, perfect. The comeliest of comelies. <laughs> well, we on uh, this show we do love a comely wench. We do. Dude, we do. So much comely. Who's going? Who's going first this week? Uh, you, uh, it's it? me. Um, I said the magic you to both of you again. Um, go on then, Regalus, oh, oh, oh master <laughs> of the golden then. ale. <laughs> master of the comely ale. <laughs> Alright, I don't have a title because fuck titles. What? This is episode 17. What the fuck? I'm going to give it I a never... title right now Rose Garden. Yeah. There it is. What the, the fuck? Rose Garden. That has nothing to do Just with this. Just make the but... title a funny joke. Uh, okay. Uh, the, the Shut Up Jeff is the title. <laughs> I didn't find that very funny. <laughs> Parentheses, I love you, Jeff. Oh, okay, go. it's better now. Eight years ago. Oh, going back in time again. <laughs> the southern regions of Daranos were hot. 
like a two-nickel whore on a Saturday night just <laughs> looking for a John to give a mayonnaise hang glider to under the local sports bar. Mayonnaise <laughs> Under the table glider. at the local... <laughs> yeah, buddy. You don't, you're not ready for I'm the mayonnaise hang glider. Who is? <laughs> Heat waves rippled off the dunes of the endless desert. Giant worms shot up from the early morning sun to feast on the m- mush crabs <laughs> as they scurried from their nightly hidey holes. Voltor birds circled around dying men as they gasped their last breaths in an unforgiving indifference of the in the unforgiving indifference of the wastelands. Outposts littered the desert and were home to some of the most villainous and smelliest degenerates ever seen since last night I spent with your mama at the local <laughs> sports bar. <laughs> uh, by the way, fun fact, the mayonnaise hang glider, a name of an episode of Pretend Friends. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, we're using jokes here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> The indifferent wastes, as they were named on maps, gave way to <laughs> gave way to more col- a more colloquial name, the shitbox. On account of this, is where the cat people reigned for thousands of years. Not many had seen, not many had been seen recently, and their whereabouts or lack thereof were a source of great dispute. Their numbers were slowly dwindling. The Bog Hole was a tavern located within one such of these outposts. Its western-style swinging doors were symbolic of the swinging-ass balls one had to have to even enter this particular stink pit. Oi! said the barkeeper to a group of ogres fighting. If you're going to play grab-ass, at least go upstairs with all the other whores. I'm trying to sell grog here. <laughs> the ogre stopped and turned as red as the entire turned red as the entire bar la- laughed and laughed and jeered. They love each other. A small gnome said from the back. Is that true? Said one of the ogres to the other. It always has been, <laughs> replied the other as they looked lovingly into each other's four eyes. After that, the entire front row of tables were slathered, slathered in ogre spit as they four-way French kissed, each with two tongues, like this was some kind of even more pointless and idiotic Gallagher show. <laughs> That's, a, that's a reference. That's a reference you should ask your mom about. But keep it down. She probably has a headache from slopping my top last night. In fact, <laughs> go get your mom a Powerade. She's gonna need it. <laughs> Suddenly, a howling wind blew through the entire building, causing the ogre's boner to shrink faster than my self-esteem after looking in the mirror. <laughs> Self-deprecation. The double-swinging doors of the tavern blasted open, causing a hush to overtake the rowdy patrons. Light spilled around a figure in the door, blinding all who looked. A silhouetted man, nay, a silhouetted cat man, stood in the shadow as all could see his rippling, undulating biceps. Some wept at the sheer bulk of this creature. Some dropped to their knees and asked whomever or whatever their particular god was for forgiveness, positive that this would be their last day on this realm and they would never see a more manly and awe-inspiring sight. The two ogres who were making out nutted instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Mew, the traveler said as he dropped a giant... 
<laughs> Chandler says he dropped a giant morning star onto the wooden floor, causing the floor to splinter and crack. Puffcat, whispered one of the men, and then passed out in the middle of his dice game of kumquats. <laughs> Buffcat strolled up to the bar while his mace tail, which was dragging along with his mace tail, which was dragging along the floor. The only other sound that could be heard were the gaps of the awestruck patrons and eight simultaneous slide whistle sound effects as the makeout orcs, eight peeners for each, reached the end of their refractory <laughs> period and again became hard as cold steel in a frosty winter's morning. That's a short refractory period, boys. Very quick. That's all to shame there. Jesus Dude, get yourself Christ. an ogre. Also, I'm get yourself picturing... an ogre that looks at Buffcat. Looks at you like he looks at Buffcat. I'm picturing Buffcat walking super slowly and yep. the like yeah. ball tail going. <laughs> yep, exactly. I would also like to say that there is no way we're going to be able to have the best story of the week now, Jeff, because he's put Buffcat in it. So I don't know. You guys might hate me by the end of this. Oh, uh, what? Oh, oh. what? Mew, he said to the now cowering bartender, just as quickly as he finished his sentence. <laughs> a mug of shitbox grog slid across the bar into his ready and meaty paw. He picked it up, and with four or five quick laps of his rippled-ass shit tongue, he quickly finished the drink. <laughs> quickly finished drinking, slamming the mug down on the bar, causing everyone in the establishment to jump as if a gun was fired, but that one rat from that other episode wasn't even in this episode. Uh, why did he have a gun? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Where did he, he fucking get it from? Who even made so, the gun? To be honest? <laughs> all great, these are all great questions. Which I will never address. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the swinging doors flew open once again. The crowd again gasped, expecting to see another legendary hero from before I got fired. But instead... <laughs> <laughs> but <Day> instead... <laughs> all they got was a skinny, dirty-looking human man with a blade of grass in his mouth and a wide-brimmed sun, sun hat. Oh, howdy, y'all, said a human farmer. Oh, the crowd said. <laughs> As they went back to their business, and again, the noises of the bar picked up like business as usual. The farmer made his way to the bar and ordered. One ice cold milk, please, he said to the barkeep. <laughs> the barkeep just shook his head at those... The, the barkeep just shook his head as those around in, in hearing range just chuckled. Buffcat slammed his paw down on the bar. Mew, he said to the bartender, and again, another mug instantly slid across the bar, this time filled with the same milk the farmer had ordered. Buffcat raised his glass and nodded at the farmer, lapping up the creamy fluid so that droplets flew everywhere, even on his cutie whiskers. Aww. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> The farmer acknowledged the nod and also slammed back the cool milk, leaving only a mustache of white, similar to what your mama had last night <laughs> after supping upon my New England man chowder. Oh, God. Jeff's broken from that one. He did not uh, like that I'm, I'm pushing the boner down really hard. <laughs> uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to stay professional in this episode. Is it, is it, is it called New England man chowder because you put your cock in a, in a bowl of bread? Yeah. Good. Right. Just writing that in my notes. Yeah. Now you can use that, you know, for Christmas or whatever. 
Keep going. I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm looking for a brave adventurer, the farmer said loudly for all to hear. Again, the crowd jeered and laughed. For what? To clean out your cluck cluck coops, you damn farming dingus, the voice said from the back. The crowd laughed. My hammy's been going missing, and I think someone's stealing them, the farmer replied, un- undeterred. Have you checked your mama's butt? Said another heckler Ooh. as the crowd hooed like it was the 1980s <laughs> night at the Apollo. Damn. I gave this Foley for that. Didn't even mean you to. Were, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Again, Buff Cat, Buff Cat slammed his paw down, silencing the now raucous hecklers with a simple and firm pew. He looked at the farmer. You're willing to help? That's wonderful, the farmer said, taking another swig of milk. Buffcat slammed the rest of his cream, and the two left the saloon. <laughs> you? Buffcat asked. Name's Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is, <laughs> said the farmer as they arrived at his farm. But it was an old and dilapidated silt farm <laughs> that was once used to s- sift silt for the once mighty cat empire to be used in their litter boxes. The finest silt was reserved for royalty, so litter to literally shit into, but the pride of the silt farmers had never died, even though their business had gone south since the disappearance of most of the cat kin. <laughs> Mew, Buffcat said as he took up position nearest to the barn. Inside were hammies and woolies and gloats. <laughs> in the rafters, Buffcat could see Bapples hanging and sleeping in the daylight sun. He had to restrain his natural instinct to... But he managed. I've been having to keep these here hammies locked up all day and night on account of the thief just horn swaggling up and yoinking them from out under my hairy ass nose, Calhoun said with a chuckle. I got no idea where they're coming from. I stayed up all night to try and see where or when they show up, but they're like some kind of ninja school train inspector. (laughs) <laughs> I'd never see nothing and then poof I open up the barn and some hammies gone AWOL <laughs> Buffcat said rubbing his cutie chin with a curious paw if and you don't mind I should like to stay up with you and keep watch tonight Calhoun said after the missus feeds us then we can take up position and wait after a delicious dinner, the two le- of two of leftover hammy hocks and hooves stewed in silk broth. <laughs> I'm getting a little George R. R. Martin over here. Silk broth. Yeah, it's delicious. It's better than New England man chowder. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, where was I? <laughs> push it down. Push it down. It's, I can't concentrate. My four boners. In silt broth, the two men again took a position across from the barn in a trough hut. I don't know what those are called. Trough? Dens? Shed? I don't know. Calhoun whittled away at a stick he was carving into a smaller recreation of the stick he had been whittling on. (laughs) (laughs) Buffcat used this time to sharpen his claws as quietly as he could on the wooden pillars of the hut. So is you from around here? Calhoun asked. Mew, Buffcat said. You don't say, Calhoun replied excitedly. <laughs> mew, 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 Buffcat went on. Well, dang, son, I never thought of it like that. Really gives you something to ponder over, don't it? 
Calhoun said, setting down his whittle work. He squinted into the darkness as the chill of the night desert, desert night started to affect him. Buffcat sat still and calm, his ears perked back, listening in all directions for any sound out of the ordinary. Calhoun went on a, went to light his pipe, but Buffcat held up a paw and thwacked it away. Mew, 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 he said, shaking his adorable, pettable, and marketable head. <laughs> How toyetic can you get? <laughs> toyetic? Captain Phasma! <laughs> Through his eyes, he could see everything in the night. He had superb night vision, and a smoldering cherry of weed pipe would only serve to dampen one of his most heightened skills. You're right, my bad friend, Calhoun relented, and then put a wad of chew-tack into his maw. (laughs) (laughs) The two sat in silence as Calhoun spat Blork out of his mouth onto the ground. Suddenly, Buffcat saw a flash from inside the barn. He squinted and looked through a crack... Cracked knot in the barn wall. Inside, he saw a glinty golden shimmer. Mew! He said as he pulled Calhoun's shirt. Calhoun, who was nodding off, woke up with a start and almost pissed pants, if not for his sleep boner. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Commenting on my own story. We've all been there. The The two that ran over to the barn... Buffcat snicked his claws out like a cooler, more marketable Wolverine. <laughs> God damn, that's marketable. So marketable. Branding can pop by. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Their metallic coverings shone bright in the moon moon's light as Calhoun fumbled with the barn lock. As he opened the door, the two men jumped in, expecting to see the culprit still holding a hammy. But instead, there was only Gus the Gloat and silence. Bah! Gus said as he chewed on a can. <laughs> what entire fucking nation is going on here? Calhoun said as he threw his sun hat to the ground and stomped on it like a stereotypical hill person from the stupid ages. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean now? So now, yeah, yeah, exactly. Buffcat sniffed the air and narrowed his eyes, looking for any side of the intruder. They took Marguerite, my prize hammy that won the hammy beauty page two years ago. Calhoun said as he started to cry. That pig was prettier than my mama and she was a looker. Made a fortune doing under the table work at the sports bar. The hand glider. (laughs) Mayonnaise hand glider. Buffcat moved over to a pile of hay. Usually he would enjoy rolling around in the hay and getting all the hay all over his orange fur, but there was no time for that kind of carry-on. <laughs> With, carry one swift... <laughs> With one swift swoosh of his mace tail, he cleared the hay, and lo and behold lay a tunnel. Well, paint my taint, Calhoun said in disbelief. That Never has thought to, to be look... a real saying. It has to be. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Never thought to look inside the barn. What in the Hill Street Blues could have made this tunnel? <laughs> Sandworms don't come near people, and they don't eat hammies. Mew, Buffcat said. Gulp, Calhoun gulped. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me grab a torch. Mew, mew. Buffcat stopped him. He reached into his pouch and pulled out a small, elongated jar of fairy flies. Inside, the little bugs glowed a green light. As they were held to the heat of Buffcat's paws, excited 
as they were held, the heat of Buff Cat's claws excited them to life, and their green glow became a light to which they could see in the darkness. After y'all, Calhoun said nervously. <laughs> Inside the tunnel, the sand around the walls was was somehow heated to a point where it became like glass. Calhoun ran his hand over and it made a squeak sound. What in the dildo swagons, he said quietly. <laughs> Mew, Buffcat responded with a claw to his lips. As they went further and further down into the tunnel system, they saw many forks and twists. Each time, Buffcat would sniff the air and choose, hopefully, the correct path to unknown parts that awaited them. Calhoun, being a farmer, was not used to this type of adventuring, and now was chawing on his chaw at an 8th grade level, which for hillbilly farmers is the equivalent of, like, four PhDs. I'm not judging, because goddamn if I remember how to do algebra, X equals who gives a fucking fuck, you fucking nobody use it, p- uses it, sh- the shit, pieces of shit. <laughs> Can't even read my own shit. Uh, hours went by as they spelunked down into the unknown, just like my dick did last night to your mama's cave system. <laughs> spelunked her natural wonders all night long. Finally, the air began to become less musty and cum-smelly as the two rounded a turn into a gigantic cavern. The walls shone clear and smooth, expected to see his lost hammies or at least something. Calhoun let out an exasperated hillbillyism. <laughs> well, cut my peener off and shove it up my own b-hole and call me self-fucking-Sally, he said with a spit. Mew! <laughs> <laughs> Buffcat said, scanning the room. Calhoun moved closer and held up the fairy fly lantern. The twinkling bugs zitted and flitted around inside of the glass orb, causing light to scatter randomly all over the walls. The reflections of bugs hit the glass walls and shadows made for a play of frantic, skittering insects. In the center of the room was a lone pedestal. On it sat a carved stone tablet. The two moved closer to the pedestal, but as they got closer, they could see that it was not made out of any stone. Instead, it was a fossilized dragon claw that had been severed. (laughs) That's one. I mean, that's one. said it was a fossilized dragon claw that had been severed from an ancient and powerful dragon. In its splayed fingers sat a tablet etched with an ancient markings in a language no one spoke nor cared about any longer. Kind of like French. Oh! Oh, <laughs> fuck you, France! <laughs> Nobody speaks French. It's stupid. It's a stupid language. <laughs> Gemma Paul, fuck you. That's the <laughs> the official stance of this podcast. You can That's quote right. us on that. <laughs> can you read this gobbledygook? Calhoun asked. Mew, 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 mew. Well, la dee da, Mr. Fancy Pants <laughs> Kitty Cat. Can read ancient texts and lick his own b-hole. Must be nice, city boy. <laughs> <laughs> Calhoun said jokingly, jokingly, although deep down, dude really wanted to lick his own butt. We've all been there. He can take her. <laughs> he can take her. Leave the reading part though. Mew, 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 mew. Buffcat began to translate as he ran his metallic claw over each passing word. It's a prophecy, Calhoun shouted. Mew, mew. Buffcat affirmed. You want me to read it in Darren O.C. in English just in case anyone listening who can't speak Caddish <laughs> can understand? 
<laughs> Kalyan randomly said for some reason, and who knows why. <laughs> <laughs> One shall emerge from the east as a great foe from the deep covers Darren's land. They will emerge onto sand. <laughs> it's weird how it well, rhymes in Darrenosian, too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's nothing is lost in translation. Nothing. <laughs> well, put a cat suit on me and call me Cat Daddy while you spank me with a riding crop, Calhoun said. <laughs> Mew, Buffcat replied. As Buffcat finished reading, he heard the faintest click. The tablet clicked down into place. Suddenly, the dragon's claw clenched its ancient fist around the tablet and Buffcat's right paw. He wrenched his arm back, pulling a shoulder muscle, but remained stuck in the ancient grip of the titan's stony hand. Shit butter, Calhoun said, coming closer to Buffcat's aid. Mew, 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 Buffcat shouted as he held out his other free hand, urging Calhoun to stay where he was. Booty traps, <laughs> Calhoun said. But it was too late. Calhoun had himself, had himself set foot too close to the pedestal, and the ground began to quake. Uh, began to quake softly at first. The sands on the ground receded into a re- to reveal a seal. God, God Jan, dude, I need an editor, man. <laughs> you guys want to edit this? Jeez. Oh, Calhoun and Buffcat looked down to see an ancient symbol to which neither of them knew the origin of. As if on cue, a whirring of mechanical noise- noises started to sputter to life. Like a giant wind-up toy, the momentum of whatever was set in motion began slowly and slowly, picked up speed and intensity. Buffcat could only stand there helpless, waiting for his fate. Calhoun, however, was starting to panic. He desperately wanted to save his new friend, but at, but he had a wife and hammies to look after. <laughs> he, he looked at Buffcat, and then turned to look at the entrance from which they came. He was torn, but what could he do? <laughs> If the strongest, cutest cat in Darnos couldn't get away from the Dragon's Claw's grip, how was he going to help? Buffcat could see the terror and pain in the and pain in the decision was causing Calhoun. Uh, with a single bow of his head, he could only say, Mew! I can't leave you here, Calhoun screamed over the now 150-plus decibel torrent of sound filling the room. Mew! Buffcat yelled. <laughs> Calhoun looked at the entrance and back at his new friend who had been kind enough to help him, even though he didn't have to. Finally, he relented and turned to the exit and began to run, looking back one more time as the sound itself began to ripple the air inside of whatever this room was. <laughs> Fear took over. <laughs> Fear took over as soon as he exited the room. He couldn't even piss himself since his own piss was being converted into adrenaline in the fear engine that was to fuel his mind and body. <laughs> That's science. That is science. That works. Piss, piss comes from the balls. You know that. <laughs> Back in the room, Buffcat was pretty screwed. <laughs> Again, science. He, <laughs> yep, science. He was using all his strength, but to no avail. He tried using his mace tail, but this dragon's claw was so fucking hard. It was as fucking hard as a midnight boner in springtime. <laughs> science. He had one option left. He began to gnaw through his own forearm to free it from the claw. He bit down. Agony shot through his arm and injected itself into his brain. Primal pain and fear hit him. He continued to chew, but it, he was just too buff. It would take some kind of steak-eating champion to bite through all this manly meat muscle. <laughs> then he began to think about his friends. 
the steak daddy himself, Fred, his best friend, Ugla and Sid, who he hadn't seen in a year. He thought about his kittens. His 69 lives flashed before his eyes. (laughs) All of his adventures and triumphs, all of his disappointments and failures, which now, in the last seconds of life, seemed like triumphs in and of themselves. Blood ran down the pedestal's claw and hit the seal below. Drip, drip, drip. Suddenly, the seal began to glow a brilliant sapphire. Buffcat closed his eyes, both to shield them from the light and to shield his mind from the inevitable. Mew, he sighed. All at once, a blazing blue beam of magical, superheated fire shot up from the entirety of the seal, reaching to the ceiling hundreds of feet above. Buffcat closed his eyes one last time. No. In the tunnels. In no. the tunnels. Go back. <laughs> rewrite I'm falling it. for it. <laughs> In the tunnels, Calhoun looked back and saw only the most brilliant blinding light he's ever seen. He began to cry out of fear and acknowledgement as to what he knew was in his heart was true. Another catkin was gone. He, sp- he sprinted, trying to remember through the fog of terror which way they had come. He stopped in the, middle of a- in the middle of a room with four choices of tunnels. He panted and fell to his knees, trying to remember which one was the way home. The sound of his breath and the ringing in his ears were soon the only things he could hear. He panted and tried to get back up, but suddenly he heard something else. A skittering. At first, it was quiet, but all too soon a wave of primal fear shot through his mind again in direct uh, proportion to the wave of sound echoing echoing through the tunnels. Like a million spiders running, clawing, groping over one another for purchase on the slick glass walls. The blue of the light was now replaced with red, Thousands of red lights danced against the walls just as the fairy flies danced harmlessly on them only moments ago. The wave pushed in all directions. Calhoun just stayed still, no longer sure it mattered what direction to go in, for in every direction he heard death. And soon he saw it. The end. What? (laughs) That's the end? (laughs) (laughs) You fucker! (laughs) You did it! Who's the rich now? I was gonna say it's nice not to be the monster on the podcast for a change. Yeah, you motherfuckers! How could you have done this? It's evil, Josh. Now (laughs) you were my brother. I mean, I hate you. I mean, someone's heading the right way for a firing. I think. (laughs) Here we go. Join me for my new podcast. Josh does a podcast by himself. And then he fires himself. 15 episodes in. God damn it. Uh, That was good. That was nuts. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. What's what's going on? The return and death of Buffcat. I think that was a Superman comic. I I was like, wouldn't it be fun if I brought Buffcat back? Because I've been putting it off. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what if I murdered him? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> and it was. That was fucking awesome. Thanks. Like, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. I thought he was going to yeah. escape, and then he didn't, and then I never forgave you. I mm. pulled a fucking, like, <laughs> HBO series on you. I just left it <laughs> hanging. Yep. 
What's gonna happen? You might have to find out like twenty episodes. That's true. Now, you gotta but... get the right prompts now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the right prompts. yeah. Cats and yeah. resurrections. Anyone? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, beautiful descriptiveness in that yeah. story. Thanks. You can tell I've been watching Mandalorian and playing Stardew Valley. Yeah. I, there was a there was a lot of the last episode of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I can, well, we talked about it midweek. But don't tell um, me yeah. about this. I haven't watched shush, it. Yet. Shush, I'm not shush. telling you shit. It worked with my thing though. I was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> I'm oh, always yeah. a fan of of. The making fun of Southerners. I'm always. That. <laughs> That's I. I know that you love it. So <laughs> always a fan of euphemisms for having sex with my mum as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I put those in too. The story's got a little bit of something for everybody, <laughs> except the whole family. Cat lovers. <laughs> I love cats. Oh man! But do you love buff cat? Hmm. I guess we'll find out. Maybe he doesn't anymore. Maybe, Maybe he's moved on. Join us next mm-hmm. week for Buff Dog. <laughs> Muscle Dog. Muscle Dog. Slim Dog. <laughs> Slim Dog. <laughs> Slim Doggy Dog. Oh, that was oh hell sick. no, I ain't working now. And he smokes weed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get sued by Snoop Dogg now. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was a sick-ass story, Josh. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. I like how your uh, cliffhangers... Don't they feel like cliffhangers, but you don't feel the need to go back to them anytime soon. So it's like, oh, okay, so yeah. we're gonna have to wait. We're gonna have to wait for this. Yeah, like uh, that's what you do, right? When you don't know when it's gonna end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. You just sort of like let it hang. The real question is, when you're listening to this episode, will Josh remember that he wrote this and needs to do another part later? <laughs> Uh yeah yeah I'll remember this one. Well, it's e- it's easy to keep track of the main characters. It's the little characters that I don't remember. Yeah, I mean right? that that is shit. That that we've got too many characters in our stories. Yeah, at the moment. that's what that's yeah. what Josh calls me and Rich the little characters. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, if the little characters don't you know bring it up to me later, then it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will put a prompt. Someone's put. Uh, someone submitted Ents as a prompt to get you to write a second one of those. They stories. wanted the yeah. Ents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent <laughs> work, dude. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Whew, I'm tired. Let's go to bed let's, together. Well, let's take a break and we'll go to bed and have a nap and then we'll get up in a bit and do another part. <laughs> Sounds great. We'll get in our Huey, Dewey, and Louie ass single bed. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fuck tails. Fuck tails. I, yeah, that would have been better. Um, we're going to go for a break. We'll be right back. heard from josh uh he killed a beloved character what a bastard who would do that eh uh, whoops jeff 
you're up. Regale us. It's interesting that pretty much the instant we started <laughs> counting down to do this part of the podcast, someone's car alarm went off outside. <laughs> I don't hear it. So Also, and, why do you have a car alarm? You're in a neighborhood. Well, enjoy the ambiance while I tell my story. It's the called... Haunted Car Alarm! <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, did. I did. Wacky races going on outside your That's, window. It was goddamn ninja bike, dude. Uh, <laughs> my story is called The Dead Air Up There, a Frankenstein P.I. mystery. Hey! Oh, Frankie! From the case files of Adam Frankenstein, private investigator, New York, New York, fall 1934, entries two through four. Entry two. Got hired by a local waitress to find out if her husband was cheating on her. He was. They always are. <laughs> Funny story, though. When the guy saw me through the window, he lost his lid and threw the lady at me to get away faster. (laughs) Guess he'll have to find someone new to cheat with, too. Damn. (laughs) Entry three. Somehow or another, I got wrangled into a missing persons case. I hate those. A local low-level mafioso's brother had gone missing down by the docks, and he suspected foul play. Yeah, he's below the docks. <laughs> it, turns out, it turns out he got shit-faced and bet the bartender down at the Rusty Spittoon that he could fuck a mermaid. <laughs> Which half? He went, he went headfirst into the bay while flopping his dick around like a helicopter. <laughs> I, I guess he thought it'd soften the landing. Uh, either way, how, he, did, he flo- how did they know that? Either way, he floated back to the surface after we prodded his body with pool cleaners. <laughs> uh, this is neither here nor there, but I think the accent I picked up from the locals is getting worse. Worse? <laughs> worse. God damn it. Entry four. <laughs> this ain't much of a mystery to be real with you, but shit did get absolutely buck fucking wild the other night, so I figured a quick entry ought to be in order. <laughs> I was puttering around the office, trying to get some paperwork done on that last case. You know, with the basement mummy and her virgin boyfriend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was listening to the radio to help pass the time, enjoying myself for a change. Especially because it was a live broadcast of Cab Calloway and his orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) This is all like real ass references. (laughs) But they barely got three bars into the Heidi Ho Man before the signal cut out entirely. Now, you know me, always calm, cool, and collected, never kill the scientist's entire family for crossing me (laughs) once or anything. Yep. So I was definitely not about to smash the holy shit out of my third radio this month when the speakers started playing some tone I didn't recognize. I gotta admit, the sound was pretty entrancing for a moment, like the faint sound of a song you once loved in your youth playing down the hall, just out of earshot. The pure, unfiltered sound of nostalgia. There was something incredibly familiar about it, but I just couldn't place it for the life of me, if you'll forgive the phrasing. Because I'm dead (laughs) as fuck. Because he's not alive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But just as quickly as it had started, the radio fizzled, shorted out, and fell silent. 
I looked the machine over with a careful eye, but I was never much on machinery during my first life, let alone the newfangled gizmos the kids have these days. <laughs> yeah, like a radio. These kids, man, I just don't understand the next generation. <laughs> These brats are always taking photographs of themselves, calling them wackadoo slang like self-portraiture. Post- <laughs> Posting them on the local pin boards near bus stations. Doing these wild stunts for clout on telegraph party lines. What? Like writing scathing reviews of Alduous Huxley's Brave New World. <laughs> Getting them printed in the new local newspaper for laughs. Interviewing people in the street for time capsules to the future, but just playing Would You Rather about fucking celebrities. (laughs) Rita Hayworth. Who's hotter, Greta Garbo or Olivia de Havilland? The year 2000 must know. I just don't get it. (laughs) The year 2000 must know. Anyway. I didn't pay it much mind and went back to working. Now in complete silence that I typically try my best to avoid. That nagging little voice trying to make me pay up again for past sins and mistakes always tends to bubble back to the surface without a distraction to keep it submerged, and I was never much of a listener. The dark memories swing back and forth from strangling innocent young women to death in the name of revenge, all the way to telling the usher who told me to enjoy my movie, you too. Shameful. Thankfully, I didn't have to stew in my own juices for too long. But less than thankfully, what brought me out of my pity party was a trash can smashing through the front window of my office, cracking into the hardwood of the waiting room and rolling into the empty receptionist's desk. What the fuck is going on out there? I bellowed out in my <laughs> usual eloquent manner. So fucking old. This guy, he's a dad. What the fuck? <laughs> I snatched up my overcoat and pistol holder from the coat rack and slung them on as I went out into the front office to investigate. I took note of the trash can, all right, but I was a little distracted by the writhing wall of human bodies pressed into the open, (laughs) jagged glass hole of the window. Glass hole! (laughs) Their arms and legs shoved inside and swiping around violently at the air between us. Their flesh was being sliced and mangled by the broken glass, but none of them seemed to notice. Each of them had a completely vacant look in their eyes, and their jaw hanging loose and open, slack from their skull with their tongues lulled out over their decrepit teeth. If the sagging yellow flesh dangling from their faces, arms, and necks wasn't the tip-off, then it would definitely be the smell of rotten decay they carried with them. Not a Mm. single one of these people was alive. Yeah, that would do it. I wouldn't know the difference. I always smell that way. (laughs) Fucking zombies are real now? I growled out between my teeth. (laughs) Dude, he fought like a fucking basement mummy, and he's like, that's just a zombie. I I reached into my overcoat and unsheathed the 357 Magnum pistol within. Jesus fucking Christ. It's the only size they had that fit in my hand. Yeah. (laughs) The cannon off a ship. Just dirty fucking Harry over here. I leveled it at the zombie in front's forehead and held it steady, giving my best James Cagney impression. Like I knew what the fuck I was doing with a gun. (laughs) 
I've always had what I call the aim of a blind man with a tremor in one hand and his dick in the other. <laughs> and I never know doing? which to fire first. Oh! The window frame, of course, being attached to a building that I could afford to live in, gave way like tissue paper in a public bathroom. <laughs> oh, in, you just finger in your own butthole yeah. at that point. <laughs> and the deluge of corpses flooded into the room, rushing directly at me like floodwaters. I managed to get off two shots before they overwhelmed me and the gun hit the floorboards beneath the shuffle of feet. They started biting into me and scratching at me with their little fingers and hum their little human fingers and teeth. And I started to beat them off, and not in the fun way. Damn, I was gonna say. Swinging wide punches into two or three of them at a time and sending them flying into the crowd, toppling them over like dominoes. <laughs> Jaws flew off skulls, bodies flung through the air, you know, inhuman caterwauling in the night, that type of thing. <laughs> that type of thing. At the beginning, my front office looked like a Republican fundraiser with all the shambling corpses fiending for working-class flesh. But by the time I finished bashing the fuck out of all 30 or 40 of them, it looked like a Republican fundraiser should be looking if there was any justice in the world. Damn! Uh, rest, in, yeah. rest in piss to Mitch McConnell, I hope, by the time this comes out. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I took a minute Bitch, to take Dick stock. Connell. <laughs> I took a minute to take stock of my situation. The front office of my detective agency, such as it was, was now full of corpses I had no explanation for. Something was telling me that explaining it to the police that they were already dead when they got here probably wasn't <laughs> going to do much. And knowing the cops, I'd have to be explaining this with several bullet holes in me already. <laughs> yep. Which didn't sound like much of a fun way to spend the evening. A cab fuck the police. Hey! Hell yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I was listening to Cab Calloway, damn it. I whined to myself, taking a small <laughs> moment of indulgence between episodes of my normal tough guy act. <laughs> Just Wait, then, they're coming for you. Oh, no. Just then, oh. something caught my ear. The police... Uh, just then something caught my ear it was pretty instantly recognizable just from the intense feeling of nostalgia that welled within me it was the signal from the radio from earlier let me take a second to explain something to you at home reading this later or having it read to you by an extremely handsome young man with a very large dick on a radio cast later what perhaps are, what, are the, what are the chances that that actually is happening See, right. I don't feel <laughs> damn cold I don't feel nostalgia. My entire life is a waking nightmare. From inception to the very moment I'm writing this down, and nothing was ever any better before. I feel like this is Jeff just channeling <laughs> stuff. I didn't even know what nostalgia felt like before the moment this radio signal hit my ears. The shit's pretty fucked is my point. <laughs> I could have followed the distant sound on the wind as easy as any cartoon character floated after the smell of a delicious pie, but I didn't have to. Relatable. It was much easier to follow the horde of shambling corpses that was parading down 42nd Street towards the dim marquees of the Greystoke Museum. Men were filing in through the front doors like the draft office was opened up and someone had accused one of them of having a small dick. <laughs> Which is the number one recruiting tool in America, I've heard. 
I just followed along, shoving my pistol back into its holster, shoving my hands into my pockets, and blending in. Ironically, <laughs> as a Frankenstein. <laughs> I, hey, ironically, I've never been in a crowd that I fit in with better, being a horrific amalgam of stitched together corpses imbued with unholy life myself. This looked about as close to a family reunion as I was ever likely to get. <laughs> well, except for the fact that I was two or three feet taller than all of them, anyway. <laughs> through the gigantic wooden double doors of the museum and through the atrium we went, all moving as one, as if being guided in lockstep. Even though it's just down the road, I'd never taken the time to visit this museum. It turns out they got a pretty good collection. Just in the atrium alone, we passed a gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, several cases with battle axes, swords, and maces in them, a display mm. of in Inuit boats from the turn of the 18th century, and even an Egyptian sarcophagus, which made me cringe instinctively for reasons you probably understand. <laughs> it's the rich zombie's house, that's why. I made a mental note to visit during regular hours of operations if I survive the night. Make an afternoon of it. At the back of the atrium stood two gigantic sets of spiraling stairs, which led up to a pulpit-style balcony on their center, rising 20 feet off the ground above the floor. All of the zombies stopped abruptly in their lockstep, causing me to bump into one of them in front of me and send it crash into the floor. Just for a hot second, I felt that rush of being a normal dickhole school bully, <laughs> shoving little guys into lockers and whatnot. It's addicting. Uh, but then I felt bad about it and picked the undulating corpse up off the floor and set it on its feet. <laughs> for, for, its for its part, the zombie didn't seem to take note of any of this. to be nice to zombies <laughs> and us. who are you a boom what? a booming deep voice filled the museum floor all around me i shot my head up and saw instantly where it was coming from a tall dark-skinned man stood at the top of the pulpit of the stairs white gloved hands pressed against the stone hand railing he was wearing a flowing black cloak around himself and a fine is suit this giancarlo his... esposito that's all i'm picturing <laughs> sure uh, well, you're probably not going to believe this, but, uh, Frankenstein, I called back, feeling a little <laughs> awkward, yelling in this dead, quiet museum. Uh, the monster, not the guy. Uh, you could probably tell that, though. <laughs> and why are you here, creature? To join my army of the undead. The cloaked man called back down. Uh, what? I responded, <laughs> looking around... <laughs> Taking a quick look around the room to see if anyone else was hearing this nut job. Then feeling incredibly stupid, remembering all these people were dead. <laughs> uh, not unless you offer one hell of a dental plan, boss. Dental plan? <laughs> Mock me at your peril, creature. You are just as dead as these soldiers of my army, and just as susceptible to my control. What? The man leaned over the railing he stood against, and I could finally make out his face for the first time. A distinguished black man in his late 40s. But the most obvious thing that caught my eye was an extended piece of silver-white machinery which had somehow been fused into the side of his head. What? Bubbling skin lesions along the outer edge of the machinery the entire way around. The machine extended around one side of his face, obscuring one, uh, one of his eyes, save for a small slit. 
Yo, what the fuck happened to your face? I asked bluntly. <laughs> Eloquent. The man drew one white-gloved hand over the side of the bulbous machinery and then smiled a rueful, hate-filled smile. I was once merely a man. A scientist who could cure the ailments of mankind with the power of sound. Of frequency. <laughs> but what you see before you is the remnants of that man who was not allowed to be a scientist, who was relegated to the dustbin of history, but for a fluke of birth. Because he had a thing in his face. Now I am dead to this world, and all who have wronged me will join me. I'm kind of into this guy. (laughs) I am the Phantom, and my revenge will be neither quick nor merciful. Yes! Uh... Okay, I managed to return. <laughs> then, then motioned with my hand around the room and all of the less socially capable corpses around me. And you're going to use this uh, thing on your face to puppeteer all these ghouls out into the city and just start killing people all willy-nilly, I bet, right? <laughs> willy-nilly. This thing on my face is my life's work. It allows me to broadcast signals that can manipulate the molecular structure of human beings. I created it to cure cancer, to stop polio, but I was shunned by my so-called peers. They fused the device to my skin to forever brand me a pretender, but now... Somehow, through some miracle, it can control everything in a body. As long as there is no spark of life to fight back against, I can puppeteer through this sound alone. And as for the fate of this city, none live who deserve to continue breathing after what they all did to me. Yep, let them do it. (laughs) Uh, Look, I'm really sympathetic to all the bad shit that happened to you. Trust and believe. But the city's full of people who didn't do any of that. People who uh, never even met you. <laughs> you're just gonna over, you're just gonna overrun the whole burg with zombies until nothing's left. You're, you're really off your rocker. You know that. Damn, these are fucking straight insults right here. Uh, I was never particularly good at talking down a criminal. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> and uh, this wasn't one of my more stellar attempts. Farewell, creature. Rest easy knowing you are but the first to suffer for my indignity. The phantom crooned, waving a hand out over the crowd. Kill him. Damn. Every set of yellowed, crusted eyes in the place, besides my own, turned right at me instantly. (laughs) Their bodies lurched forward with nothing driving them except the acoustic hand up their ass. Dragging limbs across the nice, clean marble floors of the establishment without a hint of care about decorum. This dude is such a dad. (laughs) Hands latched onto my skin, grabbed at my overcoat, scratched at my shirt and pants, teeth gnashed at my flesh and the material on my clothing. Hundreds of bodies piling up and over themselves for the chance to rip and tear at me, to devour everything about me they could get their hands on. But uh, nothing actually penetrated my skin or even left a mark. (laughs) 
It honestly looked like a bunch of full-grown toddlers teething on the world's largest baby toy. <laughs> I looked around at the crowd absently and then looked back up at the gentleman controlling them. Uh, yeah, uh, this doesn't seem to be working out for you, champ. So, you want to go ahead and turn yourself over or what? <laughs> you underestimate the power of my phantom frequency. Allow me to demonstrate the true reach of my intangible hand. The man waved his hand through the air again over the crowd, closing the one eye I... Oh, my voice. Closing the one eye I could see and fiddling with a bunch of knobs and buttons all over the side of the apparatus burned into his skull. When he opened his eyes, he smiled another rueful grin and allowed his cloak to flow back over his arms. Which looked really cool, but didn't seem to be doing much, as the crowd continued to gnaw at me like a college student on the frozen middle of a hot pocket. Oh my god. Uh, you're really just embarrassing yourself here. I gave you a clean out, and you... My great quipping got completely overtaken by the sudden shaking in the floor around me. It was so sudden and violent that I had to take a second to catch my footing and most of my zombie hanger-ons fell to the floor like a bunch of discarded clothing right before the magic starts. Or so yeah. I've read. Yeah! Uh, what the? The, unmistak the unmistakable sound of stone rattling and being dragged across stone filled the hallway like a symphony orchestra was playing a packed house concert directly on top of my eardrums. <laughs> I turned on my heels, sending another couple zombies flying onto the floor, only to see exactly what. I gotta admit, I never thought I'd see in a billion years or more, if you'll forgive the irony that that statement's about to have. <laughs> <laughs> Standing 14 feet over top of me, and looming as much of a shadow as it could with just the bare structure of a body, was the fossilized remains of a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes! <laughs> Now, I hear you reading it. this already, and no, I'm not fucking shitting with you here. This is exactly what happened. <laughs> the thing was shaking and shambling as it only had a metallic wiring ligature that once heard it in place as any kind of musculature. But it leaned down towards me and let out a very real, very unfossilized screeching roar, which sent the entire group of corpses that had been dangling from my neck like Mr. T's chains. <laughs> How does he know that? He covers this in the first story. Don't ask him. <laughs> How does he know? S scurrying away into the shadows at the corner of my peripheral vision. Somehow I wasn't too worried about the zombies in that moment anyway. Shoot it with your 5357. The gigantic, jagged, toothy maul of the skeletal beast rushed at me like the Seven Train and hit just as hard, smashing me down into the marble and send it, sending it splintering into the air like rotted old wood. I was feeling every dead nerve in my body suddenly spark back to incredibly painful life when the thing drew its gigantic jaws open and gnashed them down on my torso like I was a fucking begging strip. Bacon, 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 bacon. <laughs> I let out a hell of a scream as it lifted me back up into the air. And let me be the first to tell you, after spending so much time about bragging how the zombies couldn't bite into me, this fucking thing had absolutely no problem with it. I could feel the tips of its teeth meeting near my spine as it gnashed into me. I wasn't riding high at this moment, is my point. 
<laughs> the Phantom, for his part, was monologuing about something, but fuck if I heard a single word of it. <laughs> he just keeps talking through this whole thing. I was balling up both of my fists together and smashing them down into the fossilized snout of the god of a goddamn prehistoric thunder lizard. <laughs> I suddenly couldn't. I suddenly couldn't give a fuck less about the circumstances of his traumatic childhood. You'll have to forgive me for my callousness. <laughs> I could feel the stones splintering and rendering and rending under my blows, but I was too close to the center of it. It was going to take a dozen more strikes before I could even break off one piece of this thing. Hmm. And it was going to take way less time for the T-Rex's massive incisors to chew me into tobacco paste. Yeah. Ready for the, ready for the gigantic smoking pipe. I assume he was going to take after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the monster slammed its snout into the wall and dragged me across a bunch of Rembrandt paintings I'm sure weren't priceless beyond compare. <laughs> and then began shaking me back and forth like a dog's chew toy. Two times a chew toy that night, man. I told you it got buck wild. That's my favorite fucking 1940s movie. <laughs> anyway... I managed to hold onto the side of its face bones long enough to dig into my overcoat and retrieve my not-at-all-overcompensating gigantic pistol. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I normally can't hit the broadside of a barn with this thing, but I was feeling real lucky that night, naturally, and so leveled it as best I could. Fuck! I screamed out in pain again as I pulled the trigger three times. Trying my best to win out with numbers if I couldn't with skill. That's half your bullets, and you didn't reload before, so you got one left. Hmm. Good counting. (laughs) The first bullet shattered a priceless Ming vase, which had just arrived at the museum yesterday and had a brand new bronze plate donated by a wealthy philanthropist from the Dusk Corporation by the name of Adrian DeVille. I'll explain mm. later on while I know all that, but uh, this really isn't the entry for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The second shot hit the stone guardrail that the Phantom had been leaning against this entire time, monologuing like a penny dreadful villain about something <laughs> or other. <laughs> he drew Brack back from the strike, but was completely unharmed by it. The third bullet struck a Grecian bronze shield with a scene of Achilles fighting against Hector emblazoned on it, pockmarking the surface and then ricocheting off of it straight into the room and into the side of the Phantom's head apparatus, sending a shower of sparks into the air and causing him to recoil to the floor, screaming in agony. Now, uh, you might at this point in the story... Uh, you might be at this point in the story where you've thought through this situation a little bit better than I had at that <laughs> moment. Uh, congratulations on your working brain that wasn't dug out of a grave and stitched <laughs> into a patchwork corpse body. Must be Abby nice. normal. <laughs> City boy. I've never thought ahead to see the consequences of my actions in my life, and I think you all know that. <laughs> The gigantic T-Rex skeleton immediately, the instant the spark shot from the device, began to collapse in on itself. Which was uh, unfortunate news for me, since I was wedged pretty goddamn tightly between its third and fourth incisor. (laughs) If you've never felt the weight of a 5,000 pound dinosaur skeleton collapse on top of you like a Jenga castle, then I can't (laughs) say I recommend it much. Jenga! 
He knows so much. I can't really tell you how long I was unconscious underneath those big-ass bones, but I can tell you it took me about 25 minutes to dig myself out from under them. It is hard uh, having a big-ass bone. Oh, oh. Right? totally real big-ass totally bone. Real. <laughs> <laughs> T.R. Bab. <laughs> T.Bab. Trabab. Not for nothing, but most of my inners was most of my innards were outers at that point, so I wouldn't be casting judgment on my physical fitness. <laughs> By the time I dragged myself out of that pile of pickup sticks, the entire floor <laughs> of the building was littered with unpuppeteered corpses. It's wild how quickly a zombie invasion can transform into a serial killer stash of bodies, isn't it? <laughs> I worked my way slowly, but bleedingly, through the room full of splayed-out bodies and up the twisted stairs to the pulpit landing in the middle of them, expecting to see the corpse of the phantom curled up in the fetal position waiting for me to toss in a dumpster like I usually do. But (laughs) the only thing sitting on that pulpit floor was the white metal casing that had gone around the machinery on his head. Stray wires cut at the ends and still slightly sparking from time to time hung loosely from the inside of it, and screws splayed across the floor covered in rapidly drying blood. Hmm. Around the edges of the casing was a mixture of dried blood, warped bits of flesh, and new fresh blood which dappled the ground underneath it. I'm usually a pretty decisive guy, but I was at a bit of a loss right then. This guy had paid a pretty steep price in pain to get away, but he did leave me holding the bag in a pretty big way. (laughs) I I decided it was best not to stick around and try explaining to the cops how I totally didn't murder a second building full of people. I assume this is happening all over the city, but... And then then took their bodies to a museum for a nice family getaway. (laughs) So I ditched pretty pretty immediately. (laughs) Back at the office, I hung up a trash bag over the broken window and duct taped it in place. Of course, after I pushed all my organs and whatnot back into my tum and duct taped those into place. Tum. I felt a bit of a kinship with the window after that one. Nice. I was grateful for the big janitor's push broom I'd found in the alley a couple weeks earlier. It made it much easier to sweep all the corpses out of the office and onto the front street <laughs> near the fire hydrant. <laughs> Just yep. left them there. The Just trash guys there. picked up whatever you, pick up whatever you leave there on Tuesdays, so I should be good. <laughs> it's Friday here. Now I know I probably should be out there trying to find out where this nut job is with his radio of death or whatever he called it. <laughs> But no one is going to be paying me to do that, and I've got bills, like always. <laughs> and now i got a window to replace. A literal bills, working bills. stiff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The moral of the story this time is to mind your own goddamn business, even if life <laughs> is trying to force you into somebody else's. You'll be way happier in the long run. <laughs> i got to get a new radio, man. I missed the entire Cab Calloway concert, too. Damn. Dude. The what a fucking, end. What a fucking bad day. <laughs> Frankie's bad uh, day. <laughs> dude, I love that you fucking did this as like a journal. That's yeah, so it's really fun. good. Thank and I fucking like love files. this guy. Yeah. It's funny. He's you. It's funny, when I was going to write it, I was like, okay, what was this guy's personality again? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which is why I did the bit at the beginning. I didn't remember his voice either, so I did the bit at the beginning where I was yeah. like, his, his, he's picking up the accent, so I know what to do. Oh, yeah. I know everyone at home is like, why don't you just go listen to the episode? But it's like, nah, nah. I'm not doing that. That's... <laughs> Unfortunately, I've gained the ability to listen to myself talk on a podcast, but I yeah. cannot listen to myself read. I no, don't know why. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just delete that part of my brain because I have to edit myself all the time, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, I can't be worried about it. Yeah. But I still don't want to do it. Yeah. I um, so, I really like his sort of Hellboy esque attitude. Um, mm-hmm. I think oh, he's yeah. just like so uh, sort of like average joe in the middle of this sort of like series of sort of macabre events i really like that about him yeah yeah it's like every day right yeah it is his every day every case he's ever gotten besides the ones that are just like boring shit have some Mm -hmm. sort of monster mash happen in it it's good i'm waiting for him to show up in the red moon world Mm. well i don't think anybody's gonna pick up on this so i'll just uh i'll say it I've mentioned in Frankenstein stories twice a company called yeah. the Dusk Corporation. The Dusk Corp, yeah. And that was the company name that was on the fence around the Red Moon. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like the town, that town. Yeah. The what town that went missing? Yeah. Yes, that was, the fence was said Dusk Corporation on it. Ooh. That will come back and play a big part in both stories. Shit. Frankie will return. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Marvels. Will. Apparently, Zomvengers. <laughs> apparently my most beloved character, Adam Frankenstein. Yeah, he's great. Adam. I mean, since Pavlov Flinch is gone. Oh, what? He's not dead. No, he's he's, gone. he's been gone for a little while. He was in um, he was in three episodes, four episodes ago, the Kayla story. Yeah, yeah he was. Dumb, four episodes dumb. is a long time, man. <laughs> Yeah, Rich just like really loves Pavlov, like <laughs> weirdly loves him. Well, there were um, seven episodes in between Frankenstein's appearances. Yeah, that's true. I I have too many characters now. Oh, we all boo do. Fucking who? You Jesus. guys. Well, have I didn't too put many. them all in one story, so there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you're, that was stupid. Yeah, it was. It was really fucking stupid. How the fuck did you write that? Uh, well, I mean, I've got lots of cannon fodder now, right? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you do. I guess it's true. It's cannon fodder. That's what I always say. <laughs> oh, good story, dude. Thank Great you story. so much. I was very unsure of it until I put in the uh, skeletal T Rex fight. And that was like, what right. do you mean? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm in. I'm back in. I always feel like I go quiet for your stories, but it, I just genuinely enjoy listening to your descriptions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. I, They're I, so good. I get to go a little ham on that when mm. it's like a first-person, like noir yeah. voiceover mm-hmm. kind of thing. You can really tell that you like that period, yeah. right? All the references and stuff. It's true. It's really cool. I, I did have to look up who was like the badass actor of the time for James Cagney. I, I, James <laughs> Cagney. Yeah. Yeah. But everything I knew else that I from, just knew uh, off the cuff. Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. You dirty rat. Oh, yeah. yeah. You dirty rat. Yeah. 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 Thanks, yeah. Ninja Turtles. I just like Cab Calloway a lot myself, so I made it. <laughs> <a Frankenstein laughs> 
great. That's Minnie the Moocher. The Heidi Ho Man is a different song. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know my outdated 1940s jazz guy. It's 1930s, unfortunately. Shit! I'm making a fool of myself. <laughs> there are so many people judging you now. So many 80 year old people judging you. <laughs> that boy doesn't know who Cab Calloway is. That boy doesn't What's know old? Cab Calloway from Betty Boop. <laughs> oh fuck Western Union get me bros before pros <laughs> Western Union Pony Express <laughs> Telegraph this down Oh man <laughs> Right we ready for our final break Before our final story Absolutely yeah. okay. Then we'll see you guys in an indeterminate Amount of time Bye Six hours later. <laughs> when we complained we, about every single thing that was happening in the world. We really just had to wait for Rich to write his story. <laughs> it needed rewriting, I'm sorry. He was like, hold on, I didn't write it. It was about a Frankenstein and a cat, so I had to rewrite on the fly. <laughs> Damn. Frank and cat, P.I. Fra- oh, oh yeah. yeah. Do it. Fucking do it. Okay, my story is called... Date night. Ooh. 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 Wow! Oh, wow! Oh, Kelly Bundy just came down the stairs. <laughs> A teenager! Wow! <laughs> Shuttle Barthor, about to enter atmosphere, Lionel announced into the comms and then turned to Dukes in the seat behind him. This is so freaking cool. An away mission. Normally, like, Grissom locks me in my room if he has to go planet side on his own. Or, or if he just wants some quiet time. Or if I beat him at cards. Or if I prove him wrong about anything. <laughs> he, he would never have dreamed about going on a double date with me. In, in truth, Lionel had never been on a single date. Unless you counted the time he accidentally elbowed that girl's boob while restocking the Fallout shelter shelf in. That's a date. <laughs> and he didn't count that. And neither had she. That's one and a half base. <laughs> On reflection, maybe we didn't double date because we didn't have partners, and it kind of would have been weird if we forced it. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes noodled on the keytar, a discordant tune that got more annoying with every word that Lionel spoke. Saw a lot of that room, didn't you? <laughs> Beside her, Mookie put a foreleg on Dutes's arm. Be nice, my love. Lionel wasn't the only one that had noticed that Deuce, Deuce had become progressively snarkier since she had woken up. 
It's not like Lionel was expecting a ticker tape parade or for his new friends to raise him up on their shoulders, chanting his name and proclaiming him the best new friend they'd ever had or anything. Or, or, or a cookie. Very so specific, specific thing. <laughs> Just a simple thank you might have been nice. At his wrist, Ellie chimed in straight away. Lionel, your heart rate and temperature are increasing. Are you finding this exchange uncomfortable? I'm sure Doot's meant to say thank you for bringing us back to life instead of just sitting there pouting and being mean to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Told. Doot's light faded slightly and she looked down to the floor of the shuttle. Look, I'm sorry, Lionel. I am thankful. I, I just can't stop thinking about what I felt when I was unconscious. There are hundreds of technomancers gathering and we couldn't even stop one back on Ithia. Maybe it wasn't time for us to. Let's just enjoy tonight and worry about tomorrow tomorrow, Mookie said with a smile. So Save tonight. <laughs> for tomorrow may never come. Little eagle eye cherry in your show. <laughs> so, you're saying we've got nothing to worry about tonight then, Lionel asked? Mookie sighed. Look, my, my powers don't work like that, Lionel. I see glimpses, snatches of the future. I can't, like predict lottery numbers, and no, for the last time, I don't know if they're making a Dread sequel. (laughs) Rich really wants to know. Even this far into the future? No. (laughs) They're still waiting for it? Lionel felt his shoulder sink. Surely, in some universe, in some reality, someone would be smart enough to do it. (laughs) Oh my god. Yup. Nuts, he muttered under his breath. <laughs> a beep preceded Freddy's announcement over the ship comms. Shuttle Barthor, this is the Swift Feather. <laughs> it's the conveyance of Grissom Graves too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Came Grissom's shout from somewhere on the ship they had borrowed from the crashing longboat. They'd been lucky enough to find a ship big enough for however many characters that had been written into this story so far. <laughs> How many is it? Quick count. Eleven? Fucking hell, Rich. Stop being such an overachiever and just write a fucking story for Robo Jesus' sake. Jar Jar R farting over here. Ooh. Not fucking... even RR. Jar Jar. <laughs> Jar Jar farting over here. Fucking eleven characters to squeeze into an eight-page story, and they wonder why I kill people off. <laughs> Freddy ignored Grissom. The uh, the sock-wielding ninja, the jelly bag, the darkling and the squid already took Shuttlecraft Grey down to the casino district. You might run into him down on the station. Swift Feather out. <laughs> I love that the, ro- the little Roomba has become like a cockney EastEnders character. <laughs> Shitty R2-D2. <laughs> what do you think? Dukes asked. I know we could all use the distraction. Later, Mookie smiled. There's somewhere we have to go first. Why didn't you go down to the surface with Blotch and the others, Graves? Seems an organic psychopath would love the opportunity for some betting and predictable casual violence. (laughs) (laughs) Freddy asked him. I do love betting and predictable violence. It's it's part of my fleshy nature. (laughs) So human of us. Freddy asked from the navigation station in the cockpit. Grissom sat in the captain's chair, eyeballing the Roomba. And leave the ship in the hands of two robots. 
I'd rather smear my meat pistol in barbecue sauce, <laughs> flop it in a sleeping razor saw's mouth, and flick him in the love spuds. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a sentence. <laughs> How artic- Barbecue sauce, disgusting. <laughs> How articulate. Humanoids. Sicken me. Freddy. <laughs> Heath warned from the back of the cockpit. He was flicking switches on the comms array. I am sorry, Mr. Graves. Not all artificial life forms are so intolerant. But then, I wonder what it is we would have to do in order for you to trust us. Grissom stroked his chin, thinking, I suppose you could grow somehow grow skin and start sucking air. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems highly improbable, Heath muttered. Probably about the same probability as me trusting you then, considering you look exactly like the robot that killed my entire race. Grissom Grissom muttered and then turned angrily when he didn't get a response. Are you even listening to my scathing commentary on your existence? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing over there? Just some routine checks, sir. Heath seemed absorbed in the panel. The green symbols on the screen reflected on his face. Is that routine? Is that routine planning to kill us all in our sleep? (laughs) As Heath, Heath shook his head and marched away, Grissom followed him to the station. Though people thought Grissom simply a man of girth and manliness and murder, he also was a de- man of deep thought and consideration. Admittedly, these were largely about the ways to kill a man, but he was smart enough to know when someone was trying to keep a secret. And Heath had just activated a secure comms line. Mm. Lionel walked down the concourse, Duke Samuki in tow. In recent days, Monte Carliopia... Oh my god. Had become a mishmashed hive of activity, neon lights, and even more daytime drinking than anyone would have expected. I love how it's like the Europe version of Las Vegas. <laughs> Instead of like Lost Vegas ears. <laughs> I tried it, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, the previous thing. What do you have well- to do on this show to get kicked off? I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> The previously well-established and futuristic space station was now bisected by buildings from other realities. Next to a fancy hotel, an apothecary selling bloodletting leeches stood alongside a robotic chop shop. A place where beings of light could dine on discarded halogen tubes and a big old (laughs) western pleasure house. (laughs) (laughs) Lionel would later regret not partaking in hundreds of things to see and do on the space station like the market stalls where you could visit your own old memories, or the pizzeria where a six-armed, Italian alien, uh, a six-armed alien was talking in his own language and still sounding a more convincing Italian than Chris Pratt. Damn! God damn! While he spun- Are you ready, Luigi? <laughs> Mamma mia! <laughs> While he spun six pizza bases in the air, or the sexatorium, where all your fantasies could be made into hard light to interact with. Like, seriously, you could get anything you wanted there. Subs, doms, doms that fire you. (laughs) (laughs) Chodes, long cocks, cocks so bendy it was like the wacky inflatable tube men outside car dealerships were tickling your insides. (laughs) I don't know what the difference between any of these things are. Cocks, Cocks ribbed for your pleasure. Cox that just cuddled you and told you your mother was wrong about you. <laughs> there were sexy nurses, sexy geologists, sexy sandwich artists. 
You could program any sex move you wanted, from the Paddington ambush to the Rigelian reach around, or the <laughs> or the black hole smooching tickle finger. What about the mayonnaise hang glider? <laughs> the Paddington ambush is actually one. It's when you pull out and jizz all over your girlfriend's stuffed bear collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You could have your blood sucked by 20 redonkadonculars or have your building climbed by King Don Dong himself. King Dong. You could summon the three-titted girl from Total Recall who is also Ensign Selena Gomez who spills hot chocolate on Captain Picard. Oh my Three god. Andy drinks hot chocolate. Perfect girl. Hell, you could have all the titties you want. Two titties, three titties, four titties, six titties. Wait, apparently this disclaimer says you can't have five titties because that's the perverse abomination. <laughs> it makes a pentatitty. <laughs> but Lionel was too busy for all that. In fact, with how involved Lionel was, you could have slapped a big old third titty in his face and he would have gone on merrily chatting away. So, then Picard arrives back at Viridian 3, but this time he has Kirk with him. So they're more prepared. <laughs> so they're more prepared to fight Soren. Ellie You're displ- really confusing me as to what podcast I'm on right now. <laughs> Ellie displayed a confused emoji on the watch face. Wait, this makes little sense. You, you say this Picard is the epitome of humanity, the most honourable, the most compassionate, the most intelligent of your kind. Yeah. So, so why did he go back to five minutes before the rocket launched? <laughs> Mookie chimed in. And and why take along a man who had been content in paradise? Well, I mean, he, Lionel stuttered. An elderly man. (laughs) Not to mention, it's kind of nonsensical, isn't it? Why not just leave the poor man in peace and go back to when he first met Dr. Soren, Dutes argued. Like, when he said that cool time is the fire in which we burn line you like so much, Picard could have just beamed him into space, couldn't he? (laughs) Ellie agreed. Or, at the very least, he could have smacked him with, like, a chair. He knew he was defenceless then, didn't he? Before before Lionel could say anything further or have some sort of life-threatening aneurysm, a voice called out to them from a small storefront on one side of the concourse. You there! Yes! Over there! Are you down to clown? Do you... It's racing! <laughs> do, do you want your future red? Free massage? One time only redeemable voucher at Helgen the Dandrophalian's French Toast Emporium. <laughs> Don't ask about our special ingredient because it definitely isn't dandruff. Dandruff and French Toast Emporium? <laughs> <laughs> Said the hooded figure from the doorway. Uh, no thanks very much, you clearly deranged thing, Dukes announced. We're all good for crazy today, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well then, young Dukes, perhaps you... The Omniseer, Lionel and the AI would like to find out more about the Technomancer. The hooded creatures sk- skittered back into the shop, leaving them all outside staring blankly at each other. <clears throat> we had hundreds of streets we could have walked past, thousands of people to run into, and we arrive here. Are you going to try and tell us your powers don't work that way again, Mooks? Lionel asked. <laughs> <laughs> Mookie returned as neutral a gaze as they could muster. But I didn't bring us this way, Lionel. You did, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh oh. They cross. He's got powers. 
please. They crossed the concourse and entered the little shack, where the hooded creature sat in an armchair behind a low circular table. Come, come, sit. Move the cushion with the questionable stain on it, but don't move my cat. (laughs) (laughs) What's the stain? You know what the stain is. You know. (laughs) Oh, God, is it my life? (laughs) Lionel looked down and could see no cat, just an old coonskin cap on one of the chairs. <laughs> We're in for a good time. She's lovely. What's her name? That's a hat, idiot. That's my cat. They pointed to a standing lamp next to the table and patted it. Good girl, Grissom. Grissom? Mookie looked at Doots, her hand on the hilt of her kitar axe. Ellie broke the silence. How do you know so much about us? If it's social media stalking, that is that's seriously gross, dude. If it's <laughs> if it's that limerick Grissom wrote about Lionel in that bathroom stall in that refueling station in Gamics 2, that's probably our bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's an in-depth as limerick. <laughs> the creature pulled its hood back. The room was lit by a low glow emanating from what seemed to be a much older, white-furred moth. I know so much about you, because I am two of you. You losers. Mookie? <laughs> Mookie? Lionel whispered. You look so cool. The old <laughs> elder moth chuckled. You always were a smooth talker, kid. But I'm not Mookie anymore. I'm easy now. You gave us the name. You said we should be like a Sunday morning. Lionel <laughs> <laughs> Richie chuckled at his future joke and watched as Deuce grabbed Mookie's leg. <laughs> So, you're an alternate version of us, just like Lionel and Ellie are. No, kiddo. It's easier to show you than to tell you. Plus, that'd be a shitty story. 100% exposition is never good. Or maybe it is. We'll see from the comments on the episode, I guess. (laughs) Test marketing. (laughs) The moth reached into their cloak and pulled something out not noticing the other four staring blankly at her. They put a fossilised stone tablet on the table. Ding! An ancient-looking tablet, (laughs) one that looked like it had come directly from the catacombs of the Mothman prophecies. Touch this! It'll explain what you need to know. I found this all out too late. Too late for what, dude? Ellie asked. To save everyone else! Easy smiled sadly. Now let's get... Now let's go back to the days of your... Days of your mama? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah! They laughed and trailed off and then stared blankly into space. (laughs) The four four stared at each other. No words said between them and after about 30 seconds touched the tablet. (laughs) Are we 100% sure that this isn't Reese's? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking like... Like, like they're doing the show right now. <laughs> Tamia, Blotch, Tabor and Ludwig sat on the bench in a prison cell. Well, fuck nuggets, that wasn't exactly the banger evening I had had planned, Blotch sighed. <laughs> Blotch was partially correct. They had adri- arrived on the station looking for fun, booze and some way to mourn their losses and bond with their new crew. They had intended to gamble, but arrived at Hot Slots, Spinning Balls and Blackjack also containing slot machines, roulettes and cards. (laughs) The place was part sexatorium, part casino, with the living burlesque performer Black Jack, 
who was technically more of an indigo colour as he was from Hatano 4. <laughs> Thank God we got that cleared up. They had taken a table at the front as Tamiya wanted a, quote, direct eye line to testicle town. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but her relentless cheering as Blackjack performed actually made him feel sad and self-conscious. <laughs> oh, Ta- Blackjack! <laughs> Tabor, in his drunken state, decided to turn into black liquid and go on stage and add some volume to the shadow of Blackjack's balls on the stage to give him more confidence, which... <laughs> Which resulted in the three of them being escorted out of the performance. I don't know about you guys, but when I need to feel good about myself, I measure the shadow my testicles. I'm, I'm always looking at my testy shadow. What shadow else are you testicles. doing? I don't know. Blotch had noticed Ludwig Squidlord being accused, accosted by the security forces in the adjoining casino, and when they arrived to help him, he was pulled from his chair, revealing the aces he had been holding in his other four non-card-playing tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Predictably, a fight had broken out as Ludwig protested that the accusation of me cheating is a scurrilous lie and I am offended. <laughs> and then they were taken by the interplanetary guard. A cab, even when technically in the right. <laughs> true. That's exactly true. To simmer in a cell for what was coming up on four hours now. I don't know what you're talking about, Blotch. That was just awesome, Tammy gleefully <laughs> declared. <laughs> You've been hitting the head with a stun baton too many times, girl, Hijoki muttered. We're in jail. <laughs> yeah, but, but we're in jail together, Tamiya laughed. What better way is there to bond? We can brew toilet wine, get tattoos that are in no way racist. We can take over. A, we can take over a corner of the yard. I always wanted to make someone my bitch. I could make them hold you as we walk along. To her joke. Put your hand in my pocket. What television have you been watching, Tania? Blotch scolded. This is Monte Carliopia. They give out the death penalty for every offence here. Oh, I feel this might dampen my future ambitions for public office, Ludwig sighed. <laughs> yeah, unless we escape, Tabor muttered, rolling his cuffs off one finger. Turns out handcuffing a shapeshifter is monumentally fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. There will be no need for that, Mr Tabor. A slick-voiced member of the interplanetary security force stood with the key to their cell. With a twist of the key, the door opened. We're, um, we're letting you all go. Tabor almost seemed disappointed. Why? I'm not saying we all have horrible histories of murder or weapons-related comedy violence or (laughs) on on a few counts impersonating the shadows of annoying people to make it look like they have penises growing out of their heads. (laughs) (laughs) This dude has all the answers. (laughs) But the way you dragged us in here... Or dragged us all in here doesn't exactly suggest impartial justice. The security head cleared his throat and looked annoyed not to have found anything on them. Some of your uh, party emit a frequency that seems at odds with our universe, as Ding. if we don't belong here. <coughs> Blotch tutted. You have a whole station of buildings and people from all over the Omniverse. Why pick on us? Do you, do you think we train our police officers in intricacy before we give them a gun and a licence to terrorise the innocent? <laughs> we put you in here because we picked up a transmission from your ship. And a word that scared us, the guard said as he led them to the exit. 
Technomancer. It was fucking what's-his-name. We guts to find the rest of the crew. Quick smart, Ludwig said, wiping his slimy forehead with his silk handkerchief. First you steal Reese's voice, now you're stealing Jeff's voice? Aww. Aww. I find, I find these words scurrilous. Jeff, you're always using scurrilous. Doots found herself in a dark room, the only source of light her own skin. She closed her eyes and grew brighter, only to find that Lionel, Ellie and Mookie were with her. No one could talk. They were here to listen and watch, not to talk. She could see it was killing Lionel, but at least it finished his Star Trek story. (laughs) (laughs) They were the only bodies in this dark, and though the area around them felt as infinite and expansive as your mama's ass... (laughs) (laughs) He said ass, he didn't say arse! Oh my god, he's becoming one of us! Uh, Osmosis. Um... (laughs) The pressure Asmosis. Asmosis. <laughs> The pressure felt as if they were in a box. It felt like they were literally floating in nothing. Not space, not darkness, as if those two concepts hadn't even been created yet. Mookie fluttered wings that took her nowhere, and gestured to Doots in a panic. Lionel, to his credit, seemed calm, like nothing in this universe really surprised him anymore. Though it's probably something to do with travelling around with a psychotic bounty hunter for the last year or so. <laughs> As they floated there in the black, a rumble of sound was followed by a cacophonic crack of what sounded like thunder that filled Doots' entire being. She put her hands to her ears, but it was no good. It was as if the sound became the space around them. The sound got progressively louder, shaking her very bones until a split in the space between them appeared, as if someone had poked through the very fabric of the universe. And out of that white light, so bright it felt as if Doots may go blind, rushed stellar matter, gases, stars, the building blocks of the universe. What? And pooped out along with two other things. <laughs> <laughs> were they things? No. As Dutes refocused, she realised they were humanoid in shape. One was a being of p- pure light, as if made from the very matter the stars had been formed from. Mookie waved, trying to, trying to get Dutes's attention, then pointed at the person of starlight. Their meaning was obvious. The being was Dutes. Or... A doots. <laughs> she glanced over at Lionel, who had a look of pure terror on his face, and Doots followed his eye line to look just past the newly born person to another, a one made of shadow. In a deep, inky pool, she felt pure malice pouring like heat from the being. When she looked at the surface, surface of its body, she felt nothing but terror. She felt- yeah, but what size are his balls? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is serious. Large. <laughs> Universal in scale. (laughs) She felt... (laughs) One AU. (laughs) One AU. She felt her death, the death of all she knew. Mookie, Lionel, Blotch, everyone. There was no way to comprehend it, no way to understand. Suddenly, in the blink of an eye, a fraction of a second, they all stood in a much larger industrial room with machinery and generators. The whole room throbbed and pulsed in time with the machinery. Lionel came rushing to Doots, wrapping her hand in his. Did you see? Did you see him? Mookie was behind them. Look. They pointed over the railing of the gangway they were on, down towards the machinery. On the floor of the factory, there were hundreds of cloaked bodies, some horned, some organic, some in male, some hooded, but all unmistakably technomancers. (gasps) A portal opened and deposited another technomancer atop the carpet of corpses. She spluttered and raged, speaking in a language of hissing and bubbling that they didn't comprehend. 
She had giant... It's the soda universe, Technomancer. <laughs> she had giant crustacean claws for hands, and the mouth oh, under her chrome skull domino mask was a set of large, chittering mandibles. <laughs> this one is disgusting. A man walked in from the shadows, dressed in a smart suit. An android Technomancer followed behind him, one that looked uncannily like Heath. You mean to say, interesting. A seaborn Technomancer. What must her hmm. universe look like? An ocean of stars? A sea of planets, perhaps? Enough, David Attenborough. <laughs> oh, fucking scunder! Oh, Jesus! Fucking Duxin! <laughs> a wraith-like technomancer, the AI that had once been bodied with Timmy Blackcrest, that had chased <laughs> them from Ithia, appeared on the other side of the crab technomancer. I don't care what it does, or what it is. Only what it can give us. The wraith, the robot, and the businessman attacked as one, stabbing and ripping, tearing apart a god as if it were nothing. It was savagery made manifest, and as each piece was torn from the seaborn villain, Dutes could swear she heard the three of them laughing. When it was done, the scene looked like the remnants of a crawfish boil dinner. Quick aside, what the fuck is that? Here's a tray of shellfish to pull apart and devour with your friends, as if you Yo. were like a pride of lions picking apart a gazelle. Getting well, that's what it is. Slobbery it, it is remnants <laughs> all over your food that your friend is going to pick up. If you're so keen to swap fluids, just fucking kiss already. Jeez. <laughs> you know what? I'm in. I'm on board with this fucking fish makeout session. Yeah. Look. Can I can I eat the crawl dads and then kiss? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just eat them on a separate plate, man. We don't need to eat in a trough like we're pigs. <laughs> Dude, maybe, we maybe had, you we don't. <laughs> we had crabs one time, and I was like, I can't, I can't do yep. that. I don't like eating with my hands anyway. Like, I'm like fucking to Paul, like, Vulcan sticks, right? Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. But, like, everyone's just like, blah, blah, blah. That's and I'm it. like, no. I don't want to hear someone chewing. Yeah, I got misophonia. <laughs> yeah. No, you have no. mesothelioma? I have mesothelioma. <laughs> Maybe. You know, you're uh, entitled to compensation. <laughs> <laughs> it's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> to buy a crab dinner. <laughs> the three victors then stood around the corpse with their eyes shut as a dark orb floated from the techno crabster. Each oh my them, god. I just needed I needed to call it something. Like I was oh running out of adjectives. God. No, no I'm excuses. I'm on board. Techno crabs. <laughs> You're lucky we haven't been unanimous yet. <laughs> I mean, I haven't killed off a beloved character so far this story, right? Not so. today. Each of them grabbed at a piece of the orb and pulled it into their chest. Ooh. They're growing stronger by killing the alternative versions of themselves, Ellie whispered from the watch. Oh my that, god, Rich that, is writing The One starring Jet Li. <laughs> Shit! It's the one! <laughs> that suited one must be Tamiya's dad. And the Heath-looking robot is our techno-bastard. <laughs> uh, no, that's wrong. Yeah, I take it Casper the friendly psychopath is yours. That's him. Dutes remembered the killing of Barthor, <laughs> of Rhea, of Halley, their friends, their planet, slaughtered by that malevolence. She raised her keytar, her hand shaking. You guys ready to see if a ghost can die? Yes. Yes, Mooski Mooski, Mookie whispered through gritted teeth, her Canadian variant, Mooski. Mooski? <laughs> <laughs> or Russian Canadian? <laughs> Lionel nodded, knowing this would probably mean their deaths. But if they could take one down. Maybe it might give Grissom and the others some sort of chance. 
He just wished he had more time with Ellie. He touched the watch and she gave a heartbeat pulse back. No, 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 no. You don't understand, a voice called over their shoulder. It was Easy, <laughs> who had appeared as if from nowhere behind them. Dukes grabbed at them to pull them into cover. This, this, this won't do at all. You're not picking up what I'm putting down here. Time to move on. <laughs> With another flash, they were gone. <sighs> Is it a Gunji Jackdaw? Grissom asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, Freddie beeped smugly. You're proper shit at this, aren't you? Bloody organics. No sense of logic. <laughs> Grissom sighed. How many questions is that? He should have gone down to the planet with the others. At this point, he didn't care if the whole universe became the Technomancer's personal glory hole. He just, <laughs> he just wanted this game to end. Uh, I think it's 19. Can I give up? Grissom closed his eyes. 20. And thought of a time when he was at his most relaxed, killing a robotic harvester. <laughs> this guy's got a problem I love him he felt, he felt his pulse steady Only for it to rise again as Freddy bleeped The game is 20 questions mate Not 19 questions Fine <laughs> Is it the battery pack I'm going to pull out of your insides And flush into the urine recycler Grissom proud <laughs> No mate no It was a 17B6 RX redundant field coil On a Flanian Starhopper That was so easy I don't know how you didn't <laughs> The incoming The incoming sensors beeped Just as Grissom was going to wrap his rounds, hands around Freddy And tear him in half Like the three phone books he practised with every day <laughs> Dude, Where's he getting all these phone books from? <laughs> Even though the universe Had no need for phone books anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's the grey they're back early just pulling at the comms range now Swift Feather this is the grey Blotch announced in a panic get us docked quick we need to skedaddle someone on the ship is transmitting to the Technomancer hmm it's coming from the comms room Heath's in there Freddy announced confused Grissom stood up and strode to the back of the cockpit and as the doors swished open Freddy asked him where he was going to finish what I started back on the long boat Grissom growled Oh, shit. Mookie arrived in a small room which was lit only by a candle on a bedside table. They resisted the urge to touch the sweet flame and focused on the body in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Tucked up in blankets, as small as the day she had met him, was Ludwig Squidlord. Small Krakenite coughed, his tiny body convulsing painfully as he did. His coughing was so bad it nearly drowned out the sounds of explosions raging outside. Nearly. How are you feeling? A much younger Easy said, making Mookie jump. They hadn't seen them there. Their glow turned down to let their friend sleep. Fat and fit, my dear. Ludwig shuddered with pain. (laughs) Easy smiled in return. You're a terrible liar. I liked it better when you were separated, Firefly. Ludwig smiled, the lines in his ancient face deep. You were much easier to fool. Age, doll, age dolls the need to spare such feelings, Easy smiled, taking one of his tentacles in their forelegs. Well now, that being the case then, can I ask what the dickens this was all for? Ludwig took back his hand, clearly annoyed. Our friends are long dead, or presumed dead, the new Dukes of Laird are currently outside this building getting 
slaughtered by the Technomancer. And you are keeping me alive for no reason. <laughs> why are we still fighting? Do you do you know why Dutz and Mookie joined Ludwig? I presume it has something to do with that tablet you sent Lionel and Blotch to their deaths for. Ludwig spat. <sighs> Feezy yeah. looked hurt, bowing their head. As I have as I have said a thousand times Oh, I went southern there for some reason. As I've said a thousand times, I see glimpses of the future, not the full picture. I suppose that'll have been comfort to the both of them as they lay screaming. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Easy pushed themselves <laughs> off the chair. I'll, li- I'll leave you be. No, um, I'm sorry, Easy. Ludwig was crying. I, I find that I am unable here at the end to deal with the sorrows of the past. I spoke unjustly. Tell me about the joining. Easy pulled a tablet from their robes. This this tablet told a story, one that says every time the crunches of the heat death of the Omniverse kills all life, we boom back into existence. A contraction followed by an explosion, like an elastic band. And at the at the restart of it, all two all forces are recycled. Oh, sorry, sorry. And at the restart of it, all to I've fucked that sentence up. Wait a minute. It's okay. Wait a minute. It's okay. It's okay. And I do it all the time. And at the restart of it, two forces are recycled into existence. They showed Ludwig the tablet where a being of light and a being of darkness floated in a soup of limbo. <sighs> Dutes? Ludwig nodded. Mookie felt their stomach drop through the floor and gasped, their legs going to their mouth instinctively. So the other is. Ludwig stared at Easy, then slowly comprehended exactly what they meant. No. Not that. Not him. <sighs> if Doots is hope and, and joy and optimism and, and laughter and love are a unifier who can pull the alternate realities all together, then who else could her opposite be? Who embodies despair, hopelessness and destruction? So... How many times has all this happened? How many times has this thing beat us? Hundreds? Thousands of times, maybe. The universe is, is nearly 14 billion years old, and here we sit at the end. I, I don't know if we can win, but we thought that if we join together, when we recycle, Mookie might be able to help Deuce to keep the memories intact, and we can tell the next interactions of us about what's happening to see if we can give them a leg up. An advantage. <sighs> Ludwig smiled. Clever bug. But our other <laughs> selves won't show up for a long time. How can you stay sane that long? Mookie put the tablet away, looking at the clock on the wall. A, a moth can go into a state of dormancy. Dutes will keep us alive. Mookie will keep us safe. Ludwig went quiet, wringing his tentacles together. It was then he realised that outside the sounds of fighting had stopped. So, this is the end then. That much I could see. Easy hugged, Lud- Lud- Easy hugged Ludwig, squeezing him hard. Knock, knock. A voice came from the next room. The door swung open gently and a maelstrom of black tendrils stood in the doorway. In its midst, Mookie could see a chromed skull. How touching. A goodbye at the end of all things. Can, <laughs> I, can I get in on the hug? 
It chuckled, its voice oily and slick. You'll never have what you want, demon. I've seen it, Izzy whispered. Perhaps that prophecy is reserved for someone with clearer vision, it purred. <laughs> All you can see is your own wrath, Ludwig shouted. <laughs> and what beautiful wrath it is. Easy smiled, and as she stood, the technomancer briefly recoiled. You know nothing of beauty. You're nothing but emptiness, trying to fill a non-existent heart with things you can't even understand. But understand this foul thing. You'll fail. The technomancer screamed in fury and lunged, and Mookie's screams merged with the darkness until she was back in the tent with the others. What the hell happened? Lionel was gasping, sweat running down his face. Where were you guys? <laughs> I saw something horrible. Me too, Dutes muttered. I saw something I don't understand. I saw a life with Mookie. I saw something I would never do, could never do. Lionel was shaken, visibly tremoring. Well, now we've see, all seen our ghosts to Christmas futures. Can we get the hell back to the ship? <laughs> <laughs> we have to, Ellie said, because Grissom is going to make a terrible mistake if we don't. I've seen it. Come with us, easy. Come with us, easy. One more Mookie and Doots in the club isn't going to hurt. But as Mookie turned towards the old white moth, their head was slumped, legs dangling off the arms of the chair. They were dead, their job done. Finally, after billions of years, done. Mookie, Jesus. Mookie, covered, Mookie covered them with a blanket and joined the others. Lionel, Does it disappear like Yoda? <laughs> Maybe. You fucking managed to kill two beloved characters with <laughs> one stone. <laughs> this dude is a sick fuck. I've got, I got plenty of other versions of him, I don't care. Uh, Damn. He's the Technomancer! He's the real Technomancer. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, kind of am. <laughs> Lionel turned to Doots. Techno bastard. <laughs> Fucker. You head to the shuttle, but first I need a favour, Doots. Grissom threw a fist, which Heath, e Heath easily dodged. He backed off and recollected himself, putting his open palms up. I explained, Mr. Graves, you are mistaken. I have not been sending any encoded messages. I have simply been investigating the source of them. I'm sorry. The lie might be more convincing if you weren't wearing the face of the Technomancer. Gresson charged, smashing them both into the control panels behind them and sending a massive electrical charge through Heath's body. Heath collapsed, and Grissom drew his pistol slowly. The Duke of Lead ran his thumb over his house crest on the handle. Finally, he would have some small sense of closure. He cocked back the hammer, ironically the name of his favourite sex move. <laughs> and press <laughs> them against the metal bastard's head. This is for Emmeth. Grissom, no! Lionel yelled as he dove through a Duke's created portal onto the comms room. Grissom bared his teeth. Not this time, Lionel. This one is a traitor. He's working with a technomancer. No, he's not. Freddy detected the signal, Grissom yelled. He showed me. And where's Freddy now? Because scans mm. show he isn't on the ship anymore, Ellie said as he as <sighs> Lionel threw a scanner towards his friend. Grissom looked at the readout, his face flushing with rage, as the ship suddenly powered down. It was with a smug sense of satisfaction that Freddy sat in the escape pod's chair and set course for the coordinates that would lead him to the Technomancer. He'd warned them. He'd warned them explicitly that he wanted organic life dead, and they had just simply refused to listen to him. While they had planned. He had been searching for the Technomancer's Technomancer signature, unique and familiar, and now he knew where he was, his machine god. 
How pleased what? How pleased would it be that he had disabled the swift feather, serving up the organics on a silver platter? Freddy chuckled. The end. What? You shitty R2-D2. He was always uh, shitty. God damn it. He's like that black BB-8 from that movie. <laughs> evil BB-8. <laughs> the one that knows he's a trash can or yep, whatever. Yep. <laughs> BB-8. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, oh, yeah. Freddy was always on the level. Freddy never lied to anybody. <laughs> He's a robot. He's incapable of it. I fucking love the fucking, like, uh, architect-style explanation. Oh, God. I love that shit. Like, oh, we, would... we have gone back to the very dawn of your universe <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. There's a lot of traveling, man. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I so love it though. You told that story last week about the early ages of Daranos, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. I've got this one coming up." And I like because I'd already written that little bit of it and was trying to find mm-hmm. a way to tie it in. And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna." I was hoping that I was glad that your story that you did that came up last time because I think it would have been a bit weird to have two stories tell exactly the same sort of thing. But yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd have been weird. <laughs> we all do it. We all, yeah, there's so many things. That, yeah, yeah. We do yeah. tend to overlap in places. Mm. It's weird, man. So, go. so we've gone to the beginning of your universe to the to the seemingly the end. Although, mm-hmm. of course, things will change. Uh, did you ever will come up they? with a name? Uh, I've called it Omniverse a couple of times, mainly because Mo- uh, Marvel calls it the multiverse, and I want to be one better than them. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. one level better. The <laughs> Omniverse. Fuck That's you, Marvel. <laughs> May I brainstorm you this? Mm-hmm. The sexatorium. <laughs> I said sexatorium twice in that story for two separate buildings. <laughs> two separate. Just too much sexatorium. That is a very the popular dudes. business model. <laughs> it's like fucking Starbucks or Wawa here. It's fucking one on every other corner. Uh, I, I definitely shot myself in the foot by bringing up the name thing because now I'm the only one without a name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frankenverse. Wait, Cricketverse. <laughs> I do. I called the the them the three realms, which I really like that Ooh. brand, the three realms. But I'm gonna have to come up with a name that isn't just like Spooky Vision. <laughs> spooky Vision would be amazing. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was thinking about calling it this. My my entire setting, Spooky Vision. That would be so cool. Like it's like a TV like yeah, channel it's like, or something. Um, yeah, like the Outer uh, Limits almost. Yeah. Of. Or what's the? Um, is it Terrorvision? Yeah, yeah. And I was so, I was trying to like oscilloscope and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Spooky Vision, all one word. Spooky yeah. Vision. With I'm picturing larger it. O's. Like, I'm mm-hmm. picturing it in that, like, wavy, spooky font from, yeah. like, Universal Pictures. Uh-huh. All right. So we we have live on air named the settings. Our, our three settings. There you go. Daranos, the Omniverse, and Spooky Vision. <laughs> spooky Vision. <laughs> I want a Spooky Vision shirt, man. Need, that story was fucking, had me on the edge of my goddamn seat the entire time. I'm glad. Yeah, it, it, I when, know. I, when I finished writing it, I was kind of like, it's kind of a little bit Christmas Carol because they go to the yeah. past, the present, and the future. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I was like, oh, I hate Christmas Carol. <laughs> I love how you do that. It it's 
it's really good. Like, it keeps you on your toes as a listener, and like, I don't know, I love when shit, it's like, it's like Lo- if Lost was good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Angering that what, fan base again. What would that there have been go. like? <laughs> what would that, wonder what that would have been like. There, there's yeah. this tell that I love, right? And I, I mean no disrespect, and I hope mm-hmm. you don't stop doing it because I point this out. Mm-hmm. But there's this tell that Josh really loves the story that's happening. Like, he's really into the moment. <laughs> where he just makes a little, like, pleased noise while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that. And you, oh, could tell, you could tell this story was a fucking banger because he was doing it a bunch. I'm like that little girl from the Lord of the Rings listening to the Hobbit story. <gasps> <laughs> Um, someone once said to me that um, the really good way you tell a story is not by making it that people can't see the twists come in, they yeah. can, but they can see it and they're still excited to listen, right? You oh, make them absolutely. feel good about knowing it's coming. Yeah, it's more important yeah. that the characters don't know because yep. you, you sort of feed off their surprise. Um, yep. And some of like some twists are pretty obvious. Like you listen back and you'll 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 get it in all three of our stories, I think. But yeah, like yeah. I think the journey is oh sounds such a pretentious fucking thing to say. But like it's the journey, journey of the nah. story yeah, is the so journey. much more important. Well there's so many things now we were complaining about this a little bit in the break, but there's so many things now that like tend to think that they can make the hero's journey better mm-hmm. or the disregard it. And it's like now nah, there's a reason that like Joseph Campbell wrote that shit, yeah. man. Like it fucking works, man. Like yeah, it you works, can't fix it's, it. It's yeah. intrinsic in yeah. every culture on earth in one way or yeah. another. You're reinventing the wheel and you're making it square. It doesn't mm. work that it doesn't work. I think as well, like, we have a I'm gonna suck our own dicks a little bit here. Yeah. Oh um, please, mine's already out. But we have a more difficult um job sometimes than you know like this whole writing for a serialized drama because because our episodes are so episodic funny enough we have to tell a self-contained story that's also going somewhere not like you know star trek discovery doing a sort of like oh okay nothing happens in this story it's just a continuation of this drama yeah um so I think it's we're really writing di- it's like really a difficult. Deep Space Nine kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where exactly. every episode is self-contained and can be watched by itself, but mm-hmm. it's all part of a larger narrative. Absolutely, and that's really yeah. We're difficult. better writers than TV writers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to not say that, but I do kind of think it. Uh, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> like when the Jeff funniest was... part about that statement is that we spend so much time in DMs being like, "Oh, my story fucking sucks. I'm the I shittiest know. writer I know." But compared to TV writers, <laughs> I mean, also, I, I always, yeah. Go ahead. No, you I go. Think, I think that we do that in order to force ourselves to make our stories better, right? Because sometimes yeah. I'm like, damn, my story is shit. I need to just give it a second pass or just need to think about this bit a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then someone will oh, say yeah. to me, no, it's not shit. It's, it, it just might, you know, like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine when you read it. Because otherwise, I'd tinker with it until it was dead. There'll be no... We are the exact in. opposite people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, usually, I'm like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm usually much more on Josh's side of things. But this is the most I've worked on a story for the mm, podcast. Because yeah. I did three passes through mm. it. And usually... Like, when I was first writing, I was like, eh, if it's funny, it's funny, whatever. Mm. 
But uh, then I heard uh, you guys' stories, and I was like, okay, I gotta fucking amp it up. I gotta be fun. <laughs> that's what that's what we all think, man. Yeah, Me- it is. Metal so, sharpens metal, right? Yeah. Like it's constantly. so. I started doing second passes where I would go through, and where something funny could be added, I would like slip it in. Yes, this time I, I also read it times. again. <laughs> I mean, it's clear that sometimes we don't read our own passages again because we have sentences that are all over the fucking place. Like that's the thing, man. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm more of like the creative writing, like. Uh, 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 what's the thing? Like you go to a creative writing class and they're like, just write whatever. Oh, There's no wrong answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more of like how I do it, and like you could tell because sometimes I write a sentence that's nonsense. <laughs> and also, my keyboard sucks. I, so I blame like, the keyboard. I feel like I'm fighting against myself sometimes when I'm reading my story. Mm. Yeah, and like I, I don't know if anybody's noticed this with the few stories we posted on Patreon so far, mm-hmm. but what is written on the page is not what I say on the oh, podcast. Oh, no, sometimes I don't have a quarter of the time. Yeah. yeah. That happens all the time, yeah. Yeah. I will sometimes add a little joke in that I think is funny as yep. we're writing. Like, yep. te- it's a performance te- as well as a... wasn't yeah, in, that the, was very in the story. It almost, I mean, got, almost fired got fired for that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes the enough. shit jokes are good as well. Like, oh, yeah. j- sometimes you have to have a shit joke because someone. Oh, I'm relying it. on it. <laughs> <laughs> my, I think I've said before my writing process is like fucking Charlie Day at that like cork board, and I've got like yeah. strings everywhere and things. Like I've got notebooks and stuff like that, and I'll sort of like tie a thing together because um, I've already written the end. Just wait for the prompts. Mine's like Monday, and it's like nine o'clock at night, and I'm like, guess I'll write my story. <laughs> but that shit is amazing to me. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm do impressed. That. I yeah, I I'm lucky that I have this already like world that I've thought about for mm-hmm. eight to ten years, right? So it's sort of cheating, right? Like. It's like putting a kid like in English 101 who's like trying to just get easy credits, I guess. I, I, I would say this podcast is English 101. It's <laughs> it's probably better than English 101. The uh, I, I don't think that working for eight to ten years on a setting is cheating. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either. It just means you're... Uh, you no, know I am surprised about how easy it has been for you to slip back into it, double on top yeah. of it, but obviously. Um, well, it never was hard, really, to do, because it was always just me well, How doing, did you slip you know, it in if it wasn't hard? I, well, I, 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 I've got up. my grease glove that I wear from uh, <laughs> Nights and Men. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Jeff, where, I suppose, Jeff, do you fall somewhere in the middle of this, then? Like, of sort of like... Stream like of consciousness using a soft and weird, dick or no stream of consciousness and weird psychotic planning. No, I do this. I do like a whole different third thing where, which is better, I think. <laughs> Damn, a third thing. Third thing is Tell always us of this legendary third thing. I think that's how this podcast works. I'm third thing. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> no, I um. I just sort of like play it out in my brain before I ever put anything on the page. On the page, yeah, I, I do I've that. Written too. the entire that. story in my head yeah. and revised it already. Mm. Yeah, before I ever start typing. 
And uh, it's because I used to do this thing when I was a kid where I would go up. Yes. I would go outside and pick up a stick and just make an entire story. Yes. Being an only child, that's exactly what I would do. My brother would just. So. Yeah. Basically, you're an only child. (laughs) Pretty much. And, like, that's. I I didn't have anyone to play with, so I would just make up stories all day long. I do that. All the time. I do that while pacing around my kitchen waiting for things to get cooked. Yeah. (laughs) I write my story in my kitchen in my head. Let him cook. <laughs> Let's yeah. cook. So I do the mystical third thing. The third way. <laughs> the third way. Oh. Which I, I think is anal. only a... <laughs> it's, it's fifth base. <laughs> the, the dugout. <laughs> Dude. I'm about to I'm gonna dig it out. Ugh. Oh wow. <laughs> Ugh, who the fuck? Fucking sexual dig dug over here. Oh. It, is, it is brown when it comes out. Oh, no. This is a bad podcast now. This is a bad show. Uh, on that note. On that we'll brown close, note. We will close the cover <laughs> on this week's compilation. Josh. Compilation. Can you... Nice. Can you bring out PromptBot, please? Okay, uh, he's out. Okay, all right, fine. He was just there, apparently. Um, I got him out early. Oh, right, okay, all right, fine. Um, Josh is always right. whipping it out early. <laughs> don't, don't you be digging out PromptBot. <laughs> that is an electrical socket, young man. I, it's like a USB port. I get it wrong the first time every time. He has to flip upside down. Yeah. And then it's like, no, it was right. How? Uh, first prompt, please. Prompt bot. <laughs> Silver by Ooh. David H. The Mid-Afternoon Walker. <laughs> Mid-Afternoon is, Walker? Is that, is that cool? It's not Night is Walker, that, let's just say that. that Mid-Afternoon Walker? <laughs> It's like silver. an old man vampire hunter. Yeah, silver. The, <laughs> well, Jeff should be easy. The uh, it's the second prompt, please. Prompt bot. <laughs> oh, Jeff's Jeff's gonna be pissed by this. Dinosaurs. Yeah! <laughs> he blew his load. He shot his wand. By Ian. Ian, your meatloaf's ready. Ian. Ian, where are you, boy? If you've ran off adventuring again with your mum, when your mama made that meatloaf special, oh shit, that boy took my half, my killing sword. Gene, Gene, that boy has taken my sword and cut. <laughs> Holy what the fuck shit! Is this episode, Rich, what have you done? Holy shit! Also, dinosaurs, <laughs> dinosaurs and silver. Damn, you just had a dinosaur. A dinosaur can also be a name for someone who's really old. Old. That's true. As could fossils have been. Yeah, and prophecies, which was definitely the prompt, that second one we (laughs) had. Fucking go back in time and tell Jeff not to blow his T-Rex load an episode early. Dude, this guy's... You need a dinosaur man character. Dino man. man. I've already, no, I've already got cricket man. I can't be doing so many mans. Lizard people. Hat. You need lizard people. Hat man pulls off his hat. He's a dinosaur. Why Damn! It writes itself. Why can't they be dinosaur woman? You fucking sexists. It could be. Could be. It could be dinosaur non-gen- non-gendered. Yeah. Uh, yep. Dinosaur woman. <laughs> 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 
Stomping through Jurassic Park. Stomping on your Jurassic balls. <laughs> you can tell the big from the shadow. <laughs> yeah, silver oh, will man. be easy. Uh, yeah. We'll see about It'll be dinosaurs. easy for... I think silver's easy for all of us. Yeah. Dinosaurs, maybe not so much. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> if you would like to suggest prompts, you, you there in the audience... Um, you need to go to patreon.com slash bros before pros. That's a B and a four, not the word before. And you need mm-hmm. to become a patron of ours in order to get access to lots of cool things like our Discord, um, early access to, well, you know, complete access to our sidecast redesigned by committee. And you can suggest prompts for the show and prompts for that sidecast show as well. And if you pledge high enough when we do our Kickstart book at the end of the year, you can have your name in, I don't know, you know, big font at the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Big, big gold font. font. Like, at least 13 points. Big font. 13? 13. It's yeah. normally like 12. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's it. Geez. Big font. I use 11. Slightly bigger. Well, ooh la la, Josh. Yeah. 11's just a better number. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big thanks to our good friend Vidizen, um for the use of his music specifically created for our theme tune. Um, you can find uh, all aspects of Vidazen's work at Vidazen, that's V-I-D-A-Z-E-N, dot card with two R's, dot co. Um, I would like just... to issue a, a retracting statement, a retractment. Oh, oh. what did mm-hmm. I do? What did I do? Uh, from M-Class Podcast, <laughs> uh, where I said that uh, Vidazen's band Sonder was just going to be a local band because literally uh, 20 minutes after we finished recording the episode where I said that, he uh, posted a uh, little teaser for the album his band is going to drop oh, on Spotify cool. and shit. So, it's like he's read my fucking mind. I want that <laughs> shit. So Sonder is happening. You can find information about that at vitizen.card.co. Yo, they're Sweet. good, man. Yeah, Sonder yeah. fucking rules. Like, like I'm like, always hyping up Dream Pass. Yeah, like, no. Josh and I have yeah. our favorite Vitizen side projects. Like, mine is mm-hmm. Dream Pass, and his is Sonder. Yeah. Uh, I'm right, Jeff's wrong. I mean... <laughs> As always. He, he does every single piece of music for Tapon's Theatre on Subspace as well, and it's all fucking amazing. Yeah. We don't deserve him. No, I, no, I, no, we don't. I, I, no, the Earth does not deserve this. Like, man, I, I gave him money for the theme song at some point, but not enough. So go give him yeah. money. It's never enough. Yeah, go um, give him all your money, it, and also us all of our money, so we can give him more money. Also, yes, he's such a nice dude. It, I don't know about you guys, but he's like every couple of weeks, I get like a Vidizen DM saying, "Hey, yeah. buddy, you're right." Oh yeah, um, absolutely. He really he nice guy. Me more than every couple of weeks because I'm he loves me more. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true, actually. <laughs> Uh, I, I also DM I also DM him. Right? You DM Maybe you could try right in the sometimes. face. I would I love to DM him. Have you seen that man, dude? <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's ter- he's the real buff cat. It's I true. fucking we were at a I think I told this already, but we were at a con in New Jersey and I was talking to him, but I was like super fucking high and I just got like lost in his eyes. So he's I was a just beautiful like, man. And then he was like, "Oh, I, I'm sorry," because I like wasn't listening, and I was like. I definitely wasn't looking at you. 
Whoops. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's the end of the show. So, Jeff, where can people find out more about your lovely face? Internet. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I've done that joke twice. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> Just keep doing it. Keep doing uh, it. You can find uh, my uh, portfolio website with all of my art on it at jeffpennington.art. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. It's the same on Instagram. And uh, check out the uh, other podcast I do with Josh called M Class Podcast, where we talk all about Star Trek. Mm hmm. Spe- speaking of Josh, where can jo- people find out about Josh? Go to uh, YouTube and watch Continue. I'm on Continue. I got recognized at the bank the other day. It was fun. Oh, that's cool. And I don't know his name, and I feel really bad, but I didn't ask. He doesn't I didn't listen. Ask. He probably, he might. Uh, also, go to Instagram and follow me. I'm a Field1983. You can look at stuff I do there. Uh, Jeff already yeah. said the podcast yeah. thing. The thing you made for your mom... Was oh my god, it's so crazy. crazy. Shit. It's a kit, but still, it took like it was 40 so hours. Cool. It doesn't matter, man. Yeah, she liked it a lot. She was like, do they make cases? And I was like, do they make cases? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks let for giving me, me a potential you. Christmas present, mother. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about cases. Um, yeah. yeah, they're so cool, those ones. Have you seen the ones you can stick on your shelf between two books? And that's it's like a that's Tokyo what I, City. Those yeah. are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what got me, like, looking at this shit, because I was like, I want one of those, and then I needed, like, a present for my mother, because mm-hmm. she doesn't, like, know how to tell me what she wants or yeah. whatever, so, like, I was like, this'll work. But, yeah, it was fun to do. It was, it, everything on that thing, I made. The flowers, I made the flowers by that's, hand. That's cold, it was dude. nuts, man. I was, like, so impressed when I saw that yeah. shit. It's yeah. fucking dude, I, so cool. It was... It was relaxing as fuck doing about 150 books. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was makeup. looking through the books and I was like, oh my god, every single one of these is painted a different fucking mm-hmm. color with something different on yep. it. Yep. It was crazy, man. <laughs> You're the king! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so go check out Josh's stuff there um, on yep. Instagram. Um, you what about can... Rich? Oh, thanks. Um, you can find out all about me at Masters Rich on Twitter, um, at boldlypros.com. I do another podcast, two podcasts, one called Toon Hounds with my good pal, good old buddy, old pal, Spivsy. I'm going to be um, on that one. You are on the next one for Mario. For, um, for Mario. A celebration of Mario to come out on Mario release day. Um, Mario and the gambling riverboat or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, Mario and the extremely vaguely disguised Nazi allegory. Mm, mm. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture. Right I'm not now. I'm not doing that episode. There is an episode where Koopa is dressed as a Nazi. I, I mean, you kind of have to do it. <laughs> um, you can follow my other podcast uh, at Tapon on Subspace. It's a comedy drama set in the Star Trek universe. Um, and because I cut him off, uh, Toon Hounds is a cartoon podcast, it and is. Uh, it's available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Shout out to Spivzy. Yeah, Woo! he's he's uh, if he he's if he lad. does listen to this, I don't know. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> um, that's it for this week. So next week, dinosaurs and silver. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
you couldn't wait. Could I heard. You? I heard. You fucking... the, I heard the only way you can kill a dinosaur is a silver steak, maybe. Like a steak, like not like a like an actual steak. <laughs> like a delicious like, silver yeah. steak. Delicious ca- yeah. cartoon Flintstone steaks, spray painted silver. T Rex wants to hunt, man. You can't feed him a steak. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we will see you in, in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.